0: Welcome to Scum, Beer and Villainy, the podcast about beer, geekery and everything in between. I'm Marcel Harper. I'm the creator of the Beginner Brewer podcast and website. And I'm joined as ever by my fellow beer nerd and geek, Matt Bisling. We have the capability to make the world's first barnic man and Matt will be that man. Hi, Matt.
1: <laughs> ah, but I mean, if, we, if we're making him from scratch, then I mean, you don't really need me. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a background kind of guy.
0: Well, I don't want to you know talk about your sexual proclivities. If you want to be a background guy, it's all up to you.
1: All right, this is so that's how today is going to go. That's cool. <laughs> I'm glad that we've come out to just set it right.
0: Exactly. So, uh,
1: how you been doing? Oh, I've been wonderful, man. I've been wonderful. Life is life is a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's just going from one stellar. Unbelievable set of experiences to another.
0: So basically, really shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, let's let's face it. The world has gone down the toilet. It's uh, it's a bit of a trash it's, fire. It's a complete. It's a it's a complete dumpster fire. It's, uh, um, you know, like <laughs> the whole world. When you know, we went into lockdown. Lockdown one, I believe, was is the way we refer to our first lockdown. Mm. Um, I think we're on what are we we're on lockdown three at this point in time I right?
0: count somewhere along the line
1: we're, we're in the, in the trilogy of lockdowns you know this is the this is the the final one yeah um but like everyone else went out and learned how to like bake bread and make pineapple beer um you know there's uh, so, so some good they which wrote came from wrote, wrote novels um, um I mainly just crawled into the fetal position for like three and a half months that can cover <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, like in the in the Blitz in London, they uh, when 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 they used to get bombs dropped on them. Yeah, uh, like there's this very visceral human response, which is to to try and dig your way out of danger. Right. Um. You know, you you, you basically hit the carpet and you just start like psychotically trying to dig your way out of, of whatever like this horror is. Um. And you know that I, I I call that 2020 that right. was that was that was my year it was it was um it was terrifying let's face it it was pretty bad
0: you know and and continues to be i mean i think one of the reasons why i mean other than just being really bad um people that we haven't recorded as much um is that uh we've we've uh, for our international listeners tuning in hi bob um <laughs> it's, uh, it might come as a surprise to them to know that one of the strategies our government followed for um, lockdown procedures was to institute prohibition. And, so, and this has been on and off now. So, um, and often without mm. any prior warning. So it would literally be the president would n- announce it on the Sunday yeah. and the Monday, whether you now had a, a plan or not, you wouldn't be able to purchase any alcohol. Yeah. Um, so it kind of messed up a lot of the stuff like this, like this podcast, you know, because we just don't have anything to
1: to drink, as it were. Yeah, and I, I you know, and I think I think note needs to be made here of the absolutely horrendous, detrimental effect that it had on craft beer in this country.
0: Badly, on small yes.
1: Breweries on big breweries on literally mm. everyone. It just. It's absolutely devastated us. And it has. Um,
0: uh, several breweries have closed, unfortunately. Uh, uh, one, one of which I was involved with, uh, you know, as uh, one of their consultants. So uh, I personally experienced some of that pain. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's been pretty devastating. Um, we've really had a lot of issues with. I mean, I I would guess that at the end of all of this, we're going to be back to a kind of a. I don't know like a freaky 2004 maybe south africa when it came to craft beer where there's going to be one or two big one big craft breweries and a couple of small ones so it's going to take a long long time to get back to where we were
1: yeah yeah i I find it astonishing that any craft brewer could actually have gotten through that Mm. i mean they were just basically they had to switch off their income for like well i think what five six months
0: yeah, I mean, some of them were trying to be innovative in many ways, but there's only that much you can do, right? I mean, you still ultimately need to sell your your product.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: I think the ones which had sort of brew pubs, which had a restaurant attached, could at least make money out of the the restaurant component. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were maybe a little bit more insulated, but they still, uh, you know, experienced a lot of a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if, if you were told that you can't. Do the one thing that you need to do to make money to survive. Yeah. Um. By government mandate, you know, mm. that that's when I, you know, that's when I pull out my high-powered gas carbine rifle and you know just go falling down on everybody.
0: It's that falling down thing you want, really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, D- you look defense. At, you look defense. At, you look at your. You know, look to to wear some of that uh, army green fatigues
1: yeah yeah uh, okay, so but we
0: don't want to bring the listeners down so let's move away from the inevitable no no, collapse no. Of uh, we, we, we must economy. bring them down
1: to our level all oh, right we, must, we okay. must let we must let them understand the depression that's yeah. permeating us
0: so we're saying basically if you're an international listener which didn't have prohibition fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i
1: think that's what we're saying yes i'm pretty sure a that's robust response Marcel. Exactly. a robust response <laughs> okay but uh, take us through so there is one brewery um, that has managed to survive as far mm. as I can tell. Yeah. And, wh- and we're going to do something cool with them today.
0: We definitely are. Um, you know, we are going to be doing quite a few beers of one brewery. We haven't actually done that very much in the show. Uh, we always, you know, sort of try to be kind of diverse in our tasting and talking about beer. But today we're going to be doing something else. We're going to try and taste as many beers from one brewery as we can before falling over. Um, and today's brewery of choice is a lovely little place in Cape Town called Afro-Caribbean Brewing Company. And they are one of those which, which are, in fact, kind of attached to a brew pub or a pub. Um, the, it's called a Banana Jam in, in Cape Town and Kenilworth. Yeah, and they they just consistently bring out interesting stuff. I think throughout our show, we've we've occasionally had one of their beers. Um, so we yeah. thought, you know, why not just go out and get quite a, a few of them? Um yeah and you know now i need to obviously hawk my car but uh <laughs> other than that yes. it was a good idea
1: but i i must say i you know we I, we bought this this sample pack of i mean what is it it's eight different beers yeah um and i must say like opening it this morning it was was very christmassy it was like mm. I, I was like genuinely excited to pull out these really nicely designed cans you know their branding is super cool that's, that's
0: one of the first things, I think, which attracted us to the, to the brand, It's just the, the design.
1: Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, uh, you know, we've discussed cans versus bottles lots mm. you know, on the show before, um, but there's a nice cohesion to all of the designs across the cans, which I, I think is very cool as well.
0: Very much so. And I mean, you know, frequent listeners of the show will know that we are we highly opinionated people when it comes to design. Yes. And I think that's yeah. only fair.
1: Yeah, well, we're horrible. We're horrible people put a lot of effort into design and and we basically tear it apart yeah I'm proud of Story that checks out right so what's a, what are we going to do as our interview then
0: well we can't start the interview without the official interview song man
1: oh man i thought you'd forgotten about this it's I been like, never forget about it all right i just got to make sure no one from my family is listening while i do this intro that was beautiful it, thanks Thanks. Uh, ho- hopefully quiet enough that my family still respect me in the morning.
0: No, well, don't worry. I'll send a recording to your family afterwards. <laughs> um, They'll never believe you. As I always do. We have an intro beer. It is from, in keeping with our theme, we're going to start with a, a, a nice beer from Afro-Caribbean Brewing Company. And it's also close to my heart because it's it's about Star Wars.
1: Eh? It is. I didn't realize that when I first looked at it, but mm. I, I noticed some... I notice, um, Almost almost definitely copyright infringing <laughs> motifs on this. <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean I mean really, I mean this is basically just this is fodder for Disney lawyers. But um but yeah, it it I see a little stormtrooper there, there, I think.
0: It's a clone uh, trooper. Yeah. Mate. It's a very cool it's Star Wars rookie mistake there. That's a clone trooper helmet, that's not a stormtrooper.
1: Oh god, you nerd. You absolute disgusting nerd. I know, right? But it does I mix can... its
0: metaphors a little because it's got, well, I guess it's the, the republic slash empire symbol on it.
1: Yes, uh, yes. I mean,
0: I love it, the distressed sort of look. Um, cool font here. Uh, Clone Garden is the name of the beer. Clone Belgian, Garden,
1: Belgian-style
0: hmm. beer. So it's a riff off the very famous Garden, um Witbeer, which m- many people know about, which is yeah. sort of often seen as the definition of uh, Belgian beer. Um, I like that font a lot. I really do. I like any kind of weird font like that.
1: Yeah. No. I, no, I actually thought that you'd enjoy this font. Mm. I am. Um, I, I. I don't. I. I. I hate this font. But that's. <laughs> I. I just don't like illegible fonts. So yeah. I think that's probably no. Look. French.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't write a novel in this font. But just as a <laughs> as a title no. font, it's not too bad.
1: No. Unless it was a it was a novel about like annoying people.
0: True. So, so Matt finds the label annoying.
1: Um, I no, find no, it no, no, it no, no, no! Don't, okay. don't put words in my mouth. I think it's a. <laughs> I think it's a ni- I do think it's a nice label. I just don't like the font. But uh, but it does suit it. No, it does no. suit it.
0: So, in the glass, Matt. What do you think? Oh, uh, well, let's let me pour this. No, you got are some, you a rocking coffee? any cool stemware today?
1: Um, I'm yeah. drinking out of the <laughs> De Cheshul Bazaar Beerfest Mug, De Zoo Johannesburg. Vintuk Beer Mug from 1998.
0: Right, so you're really showing your yeah. age there.
1: Yeah, this is how you know I'm a real beer drinker, is I've kept glasses
0: from nineteen ninety eight
1: decades
0: ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm drinking out of a, a 330 Rastal uh, stem glass here for beer. It's really nice. Um, if anyone from Rastal happens to be listening, we would really not mind you sponsoring this show. I'll start us off. I mean, in the glass, it is very much definitional with beer. It's It's got a nice hazy straw color Um, and you know as as many of our listeners know vit beer which is the sort of Belgian wheat beer um, mostly to style would mean that it's unfiltered and uh, so it has quite a lot of yeast uh, suspended in the beer um, at bottling and um, so it's always hazy it's it's supposed to be like cloudy yeah, cloudy and um, you know but it's a clear cloudy I mean we've spoken about that before there's something like a I like guess yeah. a turbid beer is is a bad kind of cloudy, and then there's a clear kind cloud of cloudy where you feel, okay, Correct. it's intentional. Um,
1: yeah, you don't, there's no particulate matter in the beer. You exactly. know, you're not seeing little 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 chunks of stuff. It's it's uniform mm. um, mist.
0: Yeah, and it's still clear in the sense that you can still see through it. It's not, yeah, it doesn't have a milkiness to it, which would be Correct. probably a flaw. What do you think, man?
1: Um, I like the look of it. Um, it's very appetizing. I like the fact there's an intro beer because this is. It always reminds me of like a breakfasty beer, you know. So it's mm. a. Mm. It's not super, you know. The witbier uh, not not super heavy, on the nose. Not a huge amount of aroma. But a fair
0: amount. I'm getting a lot of coriander.
1: Yeah, there's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit herby. You know, mm. there's a. There's definite. There's a herby nose, but uh, not not a lot. Not a lot. Hmm. Maybe all beers too cold. Um, maybe. It might also be because all my senses have been eroded by years of physical abuse to my body. True. What do you think, Marcel?
0: I quite enjoy it. I mean, I think this ticks the boxes for me in terms of a bit. beer. It is actually remarkably close to her garden. I mean, I'm a I'm a kind of a fan of her garden. Yeah. Um it it's now brewed under license actually by SA Breweries, um here in Africa. Oh really? Think, yeah. Yeah. So they brought it in so you can actually get it now uh, pretty easily. And um no, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, it, it's got those citrusy flavors which you get from the the lemon or orange peel, which you do put in a bit beer um, as part of the brewing process. I so usually use dried orange peel. And um, is that why
1: you serve it with an orange?
0: You can, yeah. It's, it's often a classic way of serving it is with a slice of orange to accentuate that flavor. Yeah. And um, and also coriander. So the coriander seeds, uh, which you which you also put into the boil, um, to give it that savory. Uh, you know, sort of background flavour. Yeah, I I like it. It's I, very I, refreshing, which is what a beer is supposed to be.
1: Yeah, it is. It is refreshing. Um, I, I worry that I do have coronavirus because I'm not getting a, a huge amount of flavour. But if I, if I'm honest, um, you know, it, it's not exactly. I don't remember Hoogarden, for example, being absolutely smashed with flavour and hoppy bitterness. Mm. Yeah?
0: Well, it's not supposed to be hoppy. I mean, a vet beer would not be hoppy. That would be a flaw. Um, it's supposed yeah. to be very low hop, um, low bitterness ratio, low IBU kind of beer. Um, in fact, many of the Belgian brewers would use aged hops when they do their hopping forward beers. Um, hmm. Because if you age your hop, it becomes less bitter. So it's it's really a very muted hop. Um, and you would use low alpha acid hops. Things like, um, you know, well, I mean, you can use some of the British style hops like Fuggles and, and Golding. Um, and some of your low alpha acid hops uh, like um Sars. Sars probably you could uh, if it's aged you can use that so it's it's not it's not a hop forward beer it's meant to to be a yeast forward beer you know there's okay i mean yeah. you know, there's three things you can really emphasize in a beer and that's you know you can either make it a yeast forward beer a hop forward beer or a malt forward beer or you can try yeah. and balance those things out in different ways but your your wit beers really are meant to be yeast forward and Obviously, it's a wheat beer, so there's there's wheat malt in here, so you want that sort of crisp wheat uh, flavour. But uh, yeah. the yeast is the star of the show here.
1: Yeah. What do you think of the the head? Um, I'm there, there is. I mean, I didn't get oh, much oh, head
0: here, which is a bit. No, a no, bit that's what I was going to ask you. Is, uh, mm. As
1: far as I remember, Hookarden actually has quite a relatively robust head.
0: Yeah, I think that um, that would be one where, if this were now a beer competition, I would dock it a few points here for style because a. Uh, the uh, Vit beer is supposed to have quite a very large, crisp, rocky head. Mm. Yeah. Um and it didn't actually have any. And I, I know it's not my glass because I've rinsed these out properly. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, uh, they've got a bit of issue with head retention. I'm not sure why. Um there's many different reasons why beers don't yeah, form head.
1: It, it just seems like a very watery head, you know. There's no the, the lacing isn't there, there's yeah. no kind of density to it.
0: No, mine dissipated very quickly into a very small thin line of white. Which I have now. That's
1: that's exactly what I am seeing as yeah. well. Which
0: so, is a, that is a bit disappointing. It is. I mean, I, uh, <clears throat> head and beer is really one of the the sensory pleasures of of the drink, you know. So, mm. so something went wrong maybe in the kind of malt bowl. It's usually a malt bowl. Some malts are known to aid in head retention; others not. Um, it could also be the way they treated the additional ingredients, like your orange peel. If they used fresh orange peel, for instance, which some people do. Um that can mess up your head retention because there's oil in the uh, Yeah. Barn. Yeah, which break down oils the oils generally mess up head retention. That's why you don't often see things like nut beers. Because nuts have yeah. a, a lot of oil in them.
1: Full of oil, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I like this beer. I do think it's a little I think it's a little light. Um, but I think that's probably relatively on style. Um it does feel like a breakfasty kind of beer. Mm. Um I'm disappointed by the I still think that the the aroma is is a little flat. Um,
0: yeah, you know, it's not it's not massive. It's not like a bouquet kind of hitting you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, I like the colour and it, it's it's super easy drinking. You know, it's uh, it really
0: is, and they use that term. It's not
1: yet. a challenging. <laughs> <laughs> not that term. If for those of you Good playing at Lord. home, the yeah, oh, Let's have you are you your bingo cards out yeah um easy drinking i think is at the <laughs> top left <laughs>
0: exactly yeah definitely top left back yeah, into the um, left <laughs> um
1: um so yeah um, but i think, say, I think is it's competent
0: yeah it's competent there's no flaws here um other than the head retention which is a minor um mm. in terms of just the style i mean it's not a it's not a flaw per se um yeah. And um, I think it's it's again, you know, we haven't had bad beer from this company, uh, which is in itself an achievement. I think.
1: I think uh, I think Africa Brew have done well that they're they're kind of establishing quite a uh, a brand based on on kind of consistency and quality which is which is Mm. great we need we need more of those
0: we do and i mean as far as break just to pick up on your breakfast beer idea something we've often talked about is what is a good breakfast beer and yeah i would definitely put vit beers in the top three Mm. styles for me uh, for a for a good breakfast beer you know
1: yeah, i would i would agree i would absolutely agree and it also feels like a a good breakfast beer is something that you can that you can have nice and cold without it really destroying exactly. the subtleties of the of the beer, and I, and I think a it beer, I think you can. You know, I don't think you're going to lose a whole lot of beer because you're taking it straight out of the fridge. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, I generally like
0: wheat beers for breakfast beers. Um, you know, uh, vit beer. Yeah. The other one I would, I, I really do like as a breakfast beer is the saison, um, which is also good, yeah. often wheat based. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know why But maybe it's the bready flavors Which reminds me of yeah, toast in the morning yeah. or
1: something Yeah, like it, it feels like you could have it with some rye bread You know, if, yeah. if, it's, if it's like If it's got that kind of linkage in your head Then it's mm. like, cool if It goes well with bacon It's going to go well with cheese It's going to go well with rye yeah. bread It's going to go well with fatty stuff And it's going to go well with sweet stuff You know, and and exactly. I think You're right, the Vit Beer is definitely a, a, It ticks kind of all those boxes, you know
0: Yeah, yeah for sure so, Matt, without further ado, we'll move on. Mm. So, we are going to be tasting quite a few of their beers today, afro and We're also going to be adding to our now famous IPA off-list where we are trying to taste all of the world's IPAs. Um, <laughs> all
1: 378,000 IPAs.
0: Exactly. Um, before we die, we are at number fourteen already, so we're doing very, yes. very well.
1: Yes, um, yes, I feel like we've only got a couple of short years to go.
0: Really digging into that thing, um, so <laughs> so you can go check it out on the beginnerbrewer.com com website. Uh, it's under our IPA leaderboard, and go check it out, and see if your favorite beer is there and, and how they're doing. Feel free to disagree with our ratings if you wish to um, send any of your disagreements, you know, to us. You can mail Matt at, <laughs> at
1: yeah. com. Yeah, no reply at <laughs> fuckyou.com.
0: Yeah. So that's, it's purely subjective. We use a completely arbitrary 10-point scale, and it's not meant to be a BJCP-accredited kind of tasting. It's really meant for you as the consumer and the beer fan, you're kind of like yeah. an everyday guide. You know, like you're two beer fans. People are reasonably knowledgeable about beer. Um, mm. telling you the sort of IPA is worth drinking and ones which maybe are not that great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's. I mean, it is for people like me mm. generally who who want flavor in their beer and aren't too worried about whether it's on style or not. They just want to have an enjoyable drink, you
0: know. Yeah, and we and and keeping with that, we are not making any discrimination around different kinds of IPA sub So anything with the word IPA in it, we are willing to put on that list. So yeah, and that will probably disturb purists who would who would argue probably correctly that you should always judge things within a style category. But we don't give a shit. So
1: no, no, um, we're renegades. We're, we're to- renegades. <laughs> we're iconoclasts.
0: We're out there in the badlands, man. Patrolling. We're just
1: making it up as we go along.
0: Hell yeah. We are a Lobo. We hunt alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, do we have a theme for today? We totally do. Before we before we carry on, what what are we what are we talking We're about? We are turning to one
0: of our favourite art forms, um, and that is television. We are going to be looking at sci-fi and fantasy television, um, TV shows throughout history. I guess there's no limit, um, and we decided to kind of look at our favourites. You know, what are some of the really good geeky Mm. sci-fi television shows over the last couple of decades uh, maybe some of which you haven't seen and you can maybe go grab a few episodes and check them out um and just sort of a freewheeling conversation about that
1: yeah and obviously as part of this discussion we'll we'll go you know into reasonable depth about why lost sucked and was probably the worst show on television ever
0: absolutely we will definitely touch on that um
1: well, should we pour another beer and get cracking?
0: Let's get cracking. And maybe we should start with, uh, now that we've had a very light white beer, uh, mm. let's let's do an IPA, shall we?
1: Okay. Which, cool. which one? Am, I, I've got my fridge right behind me. So okay, well, I,
0: I've, to- I, I have my beer bag next to me, so I'm going to randomly reach in and hopefully pull out an IPA. Mostly the, yes. there are only IPAs in my bag here. And I did. Yay.
1: I think there's three IPAs in this box. There of are left. three,
0: yeah we've got a there's a there's a black IPA and then two regular and session yeah. IPA I think and then a regular one um Great. i've got uh i've got a regular one here and i've pulled out the jungle paradise IPA
1: got it this is a beautiful can by mm. the way mm. it reminds me a lot of the um the fresh hop that we've reviewed a number of times from jack black that kind of earth mother greenery jungle scene. very
0: much so Mm. it's like that dense I mean it actually reminds me a little bit of something like a Rousseau painting Um, his style sort of that naive art kind of style Um, I love I love this I love this I think it's
1: very cool beautiful
0: beautiful beautiful, beautiful. I mean it it totally fits the name yeah. That's, that's the thing you know like if your design fits the name of the beer it does help i mean sometimes people kind of have a bit of a disconnect between those two things
1: yeah which help. but also i appreciate the simplicity you know mm. that i, I it's, it's it's illustrative but it's it's not all you see on this can you know what i mean it's 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 just this uh, to describe it it's like palm fronds and and leaves and yeah. some sort of you know background jungle scene um, and it's lovely, and it's uh, the 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 name Jungle Paradise is in over the top in orange and and kind of reddish letters. Um, I like the font usage, the Afro-Caribbean African mm. logos front and center. Yeah. India Pale Ale. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, this is very nice.
0: It's got a bit of narrative this here is- on the back of the can. It doesn't have quite a lot of inf- not enough information for me. It really just only has the alcohol and the
1: uh, yeah that's it.
0: it. Doesn't have IBU information, which I would love to see. Um, true
1: this is a power i p a good grief well, this is seven point two percent
0: it's it's it is to some extent for us as a as an african i p a drinkers you know because we used to a bit lower alcohol but uh, really the the trend in modern IPAs around the world is to to have that as a sort of an average um six and seven
1: percent uh, okay, do you want some foley please wow. oh, all over that laptop boom <laughs>
0: <clears throat> <laughs> oh, is getting pretty saucy. Man. Oh,
1: oh. Oh, that just went everywhere.
0: Oh, that's... Does it remind you of some of your past occupations, Matt, in the adult uh, film industry, maybe?
1: Wh- wh- I was going to say, as professional masturbator. <laughs> Wait, what was your poor name again?
0: Wasn't it something like...
1: <laughs> that was uh, Rex Stefano. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> Rex <Rick> Stefan. <laughs> well, I mean, because come on, that is, that is just quality. It's quality. Yeah. No, that's it's quality. really quality. Yeah. This is a lovely beer to pour. There's a great head on this.
0: Yeah. So this is very different from the bit beer. There is a good head. Um I'm having mine in a in a goblet really uh which I normally reserve for for Belgian beers, but I like I I kind of I think the goblet is probably my favorite beer
1: glass for any beer. Yeah, you can use it for anything. Let's mm, face it. Yeah. You, you, when you when you hold a goblet, you feel like a king. You That's what like, I was about to you say. Feel like royalty. Right? It's yeah. like
0: you're very much in the medieval royal thing going on with the goblet. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you can't go wrong with a goblet. Don't don't come at me with different styles of beer and shit. Just, just use a goblet. Exactly.
0: Off with their heads. <laughs>
1: Off with their heads. Let them, <laughs> let them drink beer.
0: Okay, so this is a, I mean, for lack of any other information, I would imagine this is just a regular IPA, uh, probably West Coast inspired, um, as many of their beers are. We would expect, before drinking this, uh, you know, quite a lot of tropical stuff going on. Given the name Jungle Paradise, we would be surprised if we don't.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So what do you get on the nose there, man?
1: Nice and crunchy. I'm getting I'm getting your prototypical kind of grapefruit musky kind of smell. A fruitiness. It's nice. It's it's very, very nice. It's I, I don't I don't I'm not really getting anything crazy there. I mean, yeah. There's nothing really out of character.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm getting um, I'm getting some musty musty, very dank kind of uh, you know, a bit of a dime bag smell.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of skunk.
0: Yeah, that's what right, I mostly. i just getting like a yeah, like a not skunk as in skunked beer, but as in the uh... no
1: skunk as in marijuana.
0: Yeah, marijuana. Skunk as in
1: as skunk as in getting high. Wacky backy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. My mother's listening. Of course. Yeah, this is all just um, it's, yeah, this is all just pretend. Um, it's a, it's a it's a, nice, it's a nice aroma. It's probably mm. not as as kind of powerful. Um, mm. as, it's
0: a bit closed uh, as, as they would say maybe yeah. it that, that, that yeah. needs to still warm up a bit
1: but I like it It's it's, uh, yeah. it's
0: got it definitely promises something interesting so I'm going yeah. to taste it let's see what, it, what we get Yeah,
1: the colour is lovely it's mm. like this like a golden amber yeah. beautiful clear it's like dark you know? gold
0: going onto light amber yeah that suggest that uh, they my, use quite a complex malt bowl here
1: nice head lacy very lacy mm.
0: good lacy head yeah. on top very, That's lovely. Very lovely. I mean, That's lovely. It really opens up once you taste it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm getting like very much grapefruit rind. So the pithy grapefruit yeah. bitterness um, is coming exactly. through. Exactly. Um, but there's something and else there's, in the background there for me, I? I was going to say there's it. something sweet. There's
1: there's mm. like a, there's a sweetness. There's a cotton candy to it. Mm.
0: Mm. You're right. There's a there's a cotton candy. Maybe a bit of like Lyle's golden syrup flavour. And also other fruits. Um, I would say Grenadella, maybe passion fruit, a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that makes sense. Mm,
0: very nice. I mean, tropi- very tropical. I mean, this this conjures up the images which I see on the can, which is this dark, damp forest uh, with tropical stuff going on.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Like f- Indiana, forest undergrowth.
0: Indiana Jones running away from a giant ball. <laughs> uh, yes, I might yes, be reading too much into this beer.
1: <laughs> no i don't think you are i think there's a no it's uh, that, that's the cool thing though it's like it's evocative you know and what i what i also really like is that it's it's not that kind of one note ipa mm. is that there is like there's something there this i depth. can't i can't quite put my finger on it but it's yeah. there's, i think there's a bit more in it
0: i think depth in beers for me is one of the hallmarks of a good brewer and, and, mm. and separates really masterful brewers from those who are not that good um you know, not to find a point on it because I think the, I mean, like I said, a one-note IPA is is common. You can you can get that a lot. Yeah. Um, but this has depth. It changes as you you taste it. It has mm. a front, center, and back sort of to the taste profile.
1: Absolutely, and that bitterness is different on the front, center, and back as well. And solid bitterness.
0: Solid bitterness doesn't shy away from using a lot of hops. I think they've got a fair amount of hops in here.
1: Mm. I can you, you can you can kind of get it in your nose. Mm. You know, that's up. That's where that bitterness is.
0: No, I mean, I I think for me the one thing I don't like about it is the sugary,
1: the sugary flavors. It's, that that you know, there's a there's like a, like I say, that kind of cotton candy. Maybe mm. it's a it's it's not an off note, but it, it maybe isn't quite as balanced as it could be with the bitterness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a little bit too much residual sugar for me in this beer. Maybe because they used, I mean, I, I would be pretty confident that they used some kind of crystal malt, um, caramel malt here. And those are known to leave residual sugar in the beer. That's kind of the point of them, um, is to leave that caramel flavors in the beer, and it would it would account for the the, the color. Um, so, so either something like a crystal malt or a melanoidin malt or something like that, which will get into that red spectrum of color. I, I don't think it's a bad idea to put crystal malts in an IPA. I think this one maybe they just put a little bit too much in um, for my taste, but. That's really nitpicking. I mean, listeners have to realize that we're not saying this is a bad beer by any means.
1: No, 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 no. No, we, we, I mean, yeah, we, we're kind of r- mm. reaching for, 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 for faults. In know? fact, I
0: mean, this the more a... I have this, the more I realize that this is probably a beer I should have a couple of in the fridge at all times.
1: This um, because that sweetness also tends to dissipate them the, while the bitterness builds. You know, it's mm. the, the, actually it does balance out over a period of time.
0: You're right. It's not a cloying sweetness, which would have been a major Mm-mm. problem for me. Um, yeah,
1: that would have been annoying.
0: Which I did actually. I don't know if you recall, but when we when we had the um, Thunderbird, not Thunderbird, sorry, the um, Tomahawk from Agar's, yes. a while ago, that was one of the things I thought had. That that sort of um, made me uh, you know a little bit cold on that beer is, is that it had a yes. bit of a cloying sweetness build up.
1: That's right, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and this the, this doesn't build up like that.
0: No, in fact, this reminds me of of when I w- a couple of first tomahawks I had, um, you know, in my memory. The original tomahawk, mm. yeah, yeah, very 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 nice, but not as heavy. There's a nice brisk lightness to it. Um, you can. I can feel that this is something I can have a couple of, um, even though it is high in alcohol. But I mean, I would certainly have a few of these without feeling like it's getting too
1: much. Yeah, this is a this is a lovely beer, and uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm a third of the way through, or two thirds of the way through, and I still have a beautiful head on top. Mm. It's a nicely, you know, it's, it's a nicely textural beer.
0: No, it's very. I mean, I love the depth. The flavour depth here is really for me the the kicker. Um, so let's get down to scoring this. Yeah. One. Where would you put it from a 1.1 1. 1 to 10 uh, scale? Um, I, I take it that you can see the list we have already.
1: All right, fantastic. So, just to remind
0: um, listeners as well, if you don't have the list in front of you, bad, bad. If you, bad if idea, you don't have
1: Marcel's Excel spreadsheet in front well, of you. Well, they
0: should have the list on the website, man. <laughs> um, so, number one still un, undefeated is Little Something by Lagunitas, the white IPA, which we loved.
1: Second, yeah, which is second a stellar, um, beer. stellar Beer.
0: Um, second is Skeleton Coast IPA from Jack Black. Third is Ruination from Stone Breweries, uh, which is oh, their I double that. double that was IPA. A
1: great, great, great IPA.
0: And and then f- so I'm not going to go through the whole list, but the top three then no, no, no. those three. Yeah. So where would you put it, Matt? I mean, I would I would say, I'll, I'll start. I think I would, I would put it at um, pretty high up
1: actually. I think that this is as good as the lagunitas ipa i would put it around uh i I would give this an eight I'd give this an eight and the only reason i don't give it an 8.5 is that there's just that little surprise of that that sugary note Mm. that that uh, like i said goes away with time but it might be off-putting up front
0: you know so so you're giving it a what just remind us Uh, I'm
1: giving it an 8.
0: An 8. Okay. You eight? So in in our long standing tradition, I usually am more conservative with my scores than Matt. Um and I think that I might kind of agree with you on this one. I I actually think it's a little bit nicer for me than the old scallywag which is in that region um by yeah. drif- by drifters. Um and I can have a, quite a few of these. I'm going to give it an 8 as well, Matt. So I'm in total agreement with you there. Sure.
1: How often does that happen that we're that we're we're matching? Almost never.
0: Jungle Paris has just jumped to number five in our list.
1: It's a lovely beer. Mm. It's really, really a nice beer. Very, um, very good.
0: So, Matt, let's get into some geekery, Um before we get into more beer.
1: Yo. Okay. So c- c- the the reason why I thought this would be a nice thing to talk about, mm. and I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, about I I discovered something during lockdown. Which is now, I think, in their sixth or seventh season. Right. And and when I just dis- when I did discover it, because literally every human being on the planet was telling me to watch it, I, I was blown away. And mm. it's very seldom that I find something, especially new sci-fi on television, mm. that that really does that to me. You know, and cool. normally it's kind of like you're rediscovering old classics or you're finding. Um, you're finding soft sci-fi stuff, you know, mm. it's like that kind of middle of the middle of the road because that kind of sci fi no, is yeah. what they show, you know, at seven o'clock on CBS. But I um, I got really into the expanse. Like hugely that.
0: the expanse. I'm so happy to hear that.
1: It's, it's an astonishing
0: astonishing television it show it truly really is it's it, one of those shows where you can say it's an achievement you know and then it's not, an achievement be, uh, you know it's not hyperbolic to say that
1: no no and I, th- I think you know if we no, had to it, start it changed out, the way that I thought people the, my, yeah. my impression of how they were making sorry carry on
0: no I, I think you're right it, it, it does I think it, it when you look back at the you know 2000s and 2010s and now 2020s Um, Jesus, we're old. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't don't, don't mention it. The
0: Expanse is going to be one of those groundbreaking series where they change the way we look at sci-fi, where it's certainly for me is because, I mean, it's kind of stupid to say it's realistic because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But, I mean, I'd be super flabbergasted if some of that shit is not going to be true.
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, the whole point of hard sci-fi is because it's based in some sort of scientific rational reality Mm. it it makes sense that that is very plausible yeah because all you're doing is extrapolating from our current view into kind of using the natural Mm. understanding of our science so it it makes sense that at some point for for anyone who hasn't watched the expanse it's basically the fact that we have in the near future um we have colonized mars and we've expanded outwards into the asteroid belt which has a plethora of um, minerals and resources to mine, mm-hmm. and as time goes by, these factions who are now sitting in Mars or sitting in the belt, the asteroid belt, have politicised. Yeah. Um, they they now want their independence. They want their freedom from mm-hmm. Earth. Um, they believe that they've earned it. You know the, yeah. the 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 glory of Earth has been built on the backs of those who have mined the asteroids, for example. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's are known as belters engine. in the show. Belters, exactly. And
0: belters. they've got their own sort and of it, pigeon way of speaking. And it's it's such a, a lived-in world, which they create. Like from the very yeah. first episode, it feels like this thing is real. It's lived in. The characters have lived there. And you yeah. happen to be, you know, sort of joining a little bit late to the party.
1: It, it, it reminded me a lot of like those kind of early seasons of Game of Thrones where you're kind of dropped into a world that is already – it's already a working system. Mm, mm. You're not you you you're you're not building the system as you go along. You're expected to understand that this is how things work. Yeah. This is how it is. Yeah. Um, we're not going to hold your hand and explain everything to you. Um, you're going to discover it as the people in that world interact with the world. Mm, mm. Um and and I and I love that. I think that's also a, a basic tenet of of sci-fi is not Handholding you into that world, I think it's an important thing yeah. that you are you're trusted enough to make to make those connections yourself. Mm,
0: absolutely, it's, it's masterful work, really, in terms of world building, both in the novels which the series was based on by James Corey, as as well as the series itself. I think uh,
1: have both, you read the books?
0: I have. Yeah, have I'm I'm sort of not finished with them yet, but I'm in in the cycle, and they're really good. I mean, they. Good and of themselves worth reading. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, as most things, you know, they don't stay absolutely faithful to the books, but I don't care. I, I think they have different art forms and, and they work mm. on their own level. But yeah. The Expanse really for me is, yeah, it's just truly, truly excellent sci-fi. It imagines yeah. a world which is incredibly plausible. It feels lived in. It's got some nice sci-fi angles because, I mean, I don't want to give away too much for those of you who haven't no, seen no, it. No. But there's, there's more than just the sort of I guess hard sci-fi kind of stuff going on um, yeah um, so but,
1: uh, and, but another thing is for those that are interested in hard sci-fi and those that appreciate the kind of technical mm. aspects of it is they all, they, they're these little little nods they make to how things actually work in space, oh, you yeah. know? like h- how do you decelerate in yeah. There's actually you that's turn something... the whole fucking shit, ship around yeah. and you Fire you rusted. blast in the other direction, you know there's some great what, stuff what, like that. There's amazing stuff. You know, what is the effect of high G forces on the human body? Mm. Um, this is, the, you know, this is stuff that gets glossed over in space opera. Oh, yeah.
0: No, they they but, really but, take a hard look at that. And, and they, I yeah. mean, like zero G, there is no artificial gravity. So how do you deal with Correct. with sometimes gravity not working? The I think what they really capture well also is the... The really hard conditions of space. It's not, you know, for the first couple of decades, we will you know, probably go mine the asteroid belt and so on. This is not going to be an easy life. Um, we, are, we,
1: are not, we are not made for space. No. The human body is not made for space. Mm. We, we, uh, and it's not just a case of adjusting the human body. It's a case of adjusting our psychology to understand how to exist in space.
0: Yeah. No, it's a it's a masterful show in that sense, and the characters are incredibly well realized, very well acted. I mean, I've got several favourites. I was going to ask you who your favourite character in the series is.
1: Can I come back to that? Because I actually mm. have three that I'd like to talk mm. about. Well, I've got I've got
0: one which stands out about all the others for me. Um,
1: really? Just in terms of the acting and in
0: terms of the character sort of portrayal. Um, is it Amos? Is it, it is Amos? Amos. It is Amos. Yeah. So he's he's incredible. Wes he's Chatham incredible. is the actor? And um, yeah. Amos is just incredible. I mean, I I have not I I can honestly say I have not seen a character like that portrayed in television. Yeah, um, yeah and, that's and his rare. arc,
1: you know, like his actual his psychological arc that mm. you see him as a grunt, and then as the mm. story progresses, he's got this kind of development of this. He's, a, he's this, an incredible actor to
0: have pulled that off because there's a vulnerability yeah. to him, undeniable vulnerability, but he is a super scary individual. Um yeah. and, and, and I think the thing he does the best for me as an actor and in the character as well is he's he's someone who has basically outsourced his morality to other people. Like
1: he, That's exactly right. He has he's no a he's a, he, a gun and other people point him. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and he's completely okay with it. Like he he, he acknowledges that he has no moral compass, but he's happy to give other people that compass to hold. Yeah. Um and it's an incredible I mean, achievement as an actor, it, I think.
1: That, that, that complexity is so interesting because you know the fact that he has to he basically trusts other people enough to to point the gun mm. you know, on his on his behalf
0: yeah I mean that develops think, throughout the show and I think as he be develops um, but what's interesting is is also that he he, he, he he's a He's a kind of a likable character in the story, but he is super scary. And you kind of know that he's capable of almost anything, which makes it always a little bit tense when he's in the room. Yeah. And there's a several scenes so he's- in, in the seasons, you know, throughout the seasons where he does things where you feel like, yeah, I mean, in another TV show they would have, you know, like there's a, there's a few moments, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone, but there's a few moments where you, in most TV shows I know, they would yeah. let the bad guy live.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, let absolutely. the bad
0: guy go to jail you know absolutely because and amos
1: isn't having any of that no
0: i think yeah exactly i think you should be removed And he does um
1: yeah, but he, he also takes on that moral quandary on himself he's like mm. i'm going to kill this person because no one else should bear the burden of having to do it
0: yeah it's you it's know? a fantastic I'm, I'm the weapon yeah and i love it i love it i mean uh no. John chatham who's the actor is he has a military background he, he started out in the US Navy. A Marine. Hey. Uh, no, he was yeah. in the US Navy. He was on a carrier Navy. actually. He worked on a he was one of those guys on the decks of carriers, which is supposedly one of the most dangerous jobs you can do.
1: It's- he brings he brings he brings that militaristic kind of feel to he the world, to well. I, also Thomas Chain, I think as as Miller is is like is startlingly good, you know. Mm. He's got this as an obsessive personality who who's kind of the, he's really the catalyst for like the first kind of season and a half. He's yeah. like the the reason why things move. Mm. and the and the and, and that entire catalyst is just his obsession with with the structure of his life. You know? And it, and it
0: brings a bit of a noirish quality to things which I've never I never mind. I like noir.
1: Yeah my wife is obsessed with Stephen Strait as well. So so I mean it's 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 difficult to point to to plug any holes in that character. Right.
0: Other favourite characters, I mean other than, than Amos and the acting of it, I just love Avasarilla, which is the, the Earth's yeah, politician. The, the UN. Yeah, yeah. Shere Agdashloo, the actor. She's a veteran actor. She's been in many different things, but she's just great. I mean, she embodies, yeah. it's probably one of the closest reads of a character in a novel I've seen. Um, if oh, is, any, it, is
1: it close to the book,
0: and If anything, the book makes that character a bit more um, sort of layered. And in yeah. in the books, she is one of the more main characters. Not that she's a minor character in the in the TV show, but I just love that yeah. sort of no nonsense. I don't take shit. I can see yeah. through bullshit, you know, and and, yeah. and and I'm not having any of it. I mean, it's lovely. Uh,
1: I'll, there's also there's two other characters I like to talk mm. about. Number one is I think um, one of the belters, one of the who who eventually ends up, you know quite high up in this in in the hierarchy mm. is uh carrie or courage yeah. as as, dr- as drummer mm. who's magnetic on screen she's really. just she's absolutely phenomenal. she does
0: come on show eh?
1: <clears throat> yeah big time big time and um, um i think it's frankie adams she plays mm. one of the martian marines yeah. Yeah. Uh, draper who when she was introduced as a character i loathed i thought she was so bad mm. but but they have they have written the most incredible character mm. arc for her. And she um, does well. She's become, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, mm. the, yeah, it's just, it's just phenomenal writing, phenomenal everything. Yeah. You know. And David, Stratt- David Stratton production. in
0: later seasons. I mean, I'm a very big David Stratton fan. He's one of those characters for me that I love. I love every minute he's on screen, and I miss him whenever he's yeah. not on screen. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he's brought such a weird moral complexity to the story, you know. It's
0: Wonderful, a, isn't it? It's, uh,
1: I think at the end of season three, like these quandaries are are introduced, yeah. and you genuinely find yourself asking yourself the same questions: mm. Is, you know, what am I willing to do to save everything? Yeah. You know, how bad am I willing to be to mm. be a savior?
0: I think maybe that's that's the genius of the show: is over and above its its scientific accuracy and really good special effects and everything else. It, and good acting, it's it's able to pull off some really surprising moral complexity which, which we're not yeah. used to seeing in American television shows especially um, yeah. It's it's got a very European sensibility in that sense and I mean the David Stratton character is a great example of that, that you know, in many ways he's cast as a villain from the very beginning and as the story develops you understand him to be much more complex than that and much more morally yeah. ambiguous than that and Absolutely. And ultimately, probably a kind of a heroic character. So it's it's able to do those sort of sly of hand manoeuvres very, very capably. Um, and I love it because yeah. it, it doesn't pitch us this sort of black and white, good, bad kind of moral tale, which I'm Absolutely. frankly kind of tired of.
1: Absolutely. I think those complexities are far more interesting to yeah. watch. You know, we we've all had these... The straightforward story we know we know the you know the the you know the progress of the character we know the mm. archetypal myth, and when you when you break those boundaries and you start looking at what the, the the moral complexities are of these characters and why they're doing the things that they do not just because the story requires it, yeah that's um, that's far more interesting.
0: No, exactly. Okay. Expense, what why don't we watching. move
1: on to another beer?
0: Let's move <clears throat> on to another beer. Shall we try another
1: IPA, man? Um, you tell me, my friend. I'm going to reach behind me into my doesn't have to
0: be another IPA. I'm going to just reach randomly. Maybe this is not a... It's not an IPA. So this is a very different kind of beer. I'm actually glad that I pulled this one out. It's a collab. So Africa caribbean is known to do a lot of collaboration brewing. Um, and this one is a collaboration with Fierce Beer in Scotland. Um, and this is a nice coconut masala stout. Yeah. So yeah, apparently you know. it's been inspired by a trip to Sri Lanka, which they say it's it's got toasted coconut, masala, lime cumin and cayenne so this is a very complicated beer
1: so this is a, this is a stout?
0: yeah so it's uh i guess from a from a bjcp it would be a speciality beer it would be um in the category of uh perhaps i don't know vegetable beers because it's got coconut in it or fruit beers is coconut a fruit or a vegetable man
1: Coconut's a fruit
0: hmm i'm never quite sure about that one so yeah me I neither could, i just made that up but it would definitely be a speciality beer, but with the base style of a stout, so we would obviously expect the dark beer here.
1: Another beautiful label. I mean, is that is that is that supposed to be like Krishna walking?
0: You tell me, man.
1: Well, I'm not like up to standard on the Hindu gods, but mm. I'm pretty sure the, the the blue one. Yeah. Is that is that is that Maybe. Krishna
0: walking amongst some, some holy walking cows? Walking amongst
1: the cows. Yeah. That's, That's a, a very such beautiful a lovely label. motif. Yeah.
0: What I like about afro labels generally is it does have a kind of a slightly cartoonish illustrative ethic, or aesthetic rather, um, and I like that. I dig it.
1: I, I love the label. I, mm. I also like it because, once again, there's a subtlety to it. It's, not, it's, not, it's more about what it's not showing yeah. than what it is showing, you know, and mm. I, I like that. I like, I, I like the fact that they don't have to say very much on the yeah. label itself. And, and, and also another strong beer, 7%.
0: Hmm. We're definitely going to be on our ears at the end of this show.
1: <clears throat> Goodbye Saturday.
0: Yeah. This time All they right, do... I'm not going to this. IB, IBUs, there's 25 IBUs, ABV 7%. Uh, but lovely artwork. Definitely, I mean, just from a aesthetic point of view, afro really, for me, hits it out the park.
1: Yeah, yeah. so far I'm very impressed with their design.
0: Mm. I think we're getting to a point now, I, hopefully, where craft Brewers in Sydney, South Africa, and the rest of the world as well are realizing that if you're not willing to spend a bit of time and money and effort on artwork, you're you're kind of just way behind the curve.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that ethos should be built into your brand.
0: Yeah. So this is a very this opaque a beer, as we would expect the stuff to be. No.
1: Dark beer.
0: Totally opaque, actually. There's no there's no light coming through, as far as I can tell. No, it's totally opaque. This is
1: like melted chocolate. That's yeah. that's that's
0: that colour so in traditional Irish stouts you, the, the opaqueness comes from roasted barley um, which is a very dark malt obviously it, it's, it's, as, it's a pretty rough kind of malt because it's not malted barley you, you roast raw barley um, so it's, it's a, it's, it can be uh, if you use too much of it very astringent uh, the other thing you can use to get that sort of very opaque colour if you're a home brewer listening um, is black patent malt uh, which is the other one other than roasted barley uh, the problem with any dark malt is it creates a lot of bitterness, and it's not the same as a hot bitterness. It's a more of a mouth. Mm. It's like an astringent back of the throat bitterness, um, as you would expect yeah. from something like a burnt toast or you know something like that. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of skill to produce a good stout because of that knife edge you have to bounce your beer on. You know, it's very. I've tasted a lot of home brewed stouts and porters which are just too astringent. There's just too much dark malt in it. Um, and that's when the brewer has used too much of the black patent malt or, or roasted barley malts, um, and just sort of overpowers everything. So let's let's see how On this nose? one does. Wow, it's complex. Very very complex. You know what I got right off the bat, which is kind of weird, is crayon. I get like the smell of crayon, like a plasticky, like a waxy crayon.
1: Yeah. 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 I smell that. I mm. get that. My, not my, not much head to speak of. No, but there's a lot and of lacing. Lots of lacing. Um, there's definitely a kind of burnt coffee, mm. like a actually a like a, a a baking chocolate. You know that kind of bitter baking chocolate.
0: Yeah, yeah, Coffee chocolate. I'm still getting that waxy crow. Now that it's in my head, I can't get a, rid of it. Um, you
1: can't. Yeah. You know,
0: but that could be the spices and the masala and everything else they put in you.
1: I think that might be the masala. Now that I'm thinking about mm. it. Yeah. Last
0: thing: spices change quite a bit when you put it into beer. You know, depending on when in the in the process, often in the boil. Um, or you can also put it in the fermenter. Just you know, make sure you sterilise it. Um, it does change character. You know, it's not the same thing mm. as when you just have that spice on its own. Um, and as a trial, I mean, if you're interested in brewing beer with spices, I love beer with spices. I brew quite a few of those. But initially, you can try the base style. So, if you're going to do one of these, you can try, let's say, a Guinness. Open up a can of Guinness and chuck some spices in the glass. Let it sit for a while and then taste what it might taste like. But that's only an approximation because in the whole boil process, fermentation yeah, process, things really change. So yeah. it's only the initial sort of reconnaissance you can do for the flavor, but it doesn't mean it's gonna taste like that. So let's taste this, man.
1: Okay. A lot of bitterness there. Quite a bit of bitterness,
0: but the, like the a, malt variety of bitterness.
1: Like a you know, I'm I'm still getting a lot of that burnt flavour. A lot mm. of the that kind of burnt coffee or burnt chocolate. Yeah. Um it's relatively complex. It's not the only there's some layering. I mean, I, I'm
0: getting a bit of a dustiness, a bit of a like you said, burnt coffee, um,
1: some burnt barbecue flavors. Um, I can vaguely, f- I can vaguely get that masala, that mm. that, that spiciness. Yeah, there's a ca- kind of,
0: curry kind mm. of spice to it, maybe. Um, yeah, it I still can't of get rid of the, the waxy of crayon though.
1: <laughs> it's it's there, man. I, I can smell it, but I don't taste it. Mm. I don't taste it. It's not my favorite. No, this is. Uh, I, it's it's not a hop, yeah. Like you said, it's it's that multi bitterness, not the hop bitterness, mm. and 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 it's uh, that burnt flavour is. I think just too overpowering for me. Mm. I think that that's really the only flavour I'm taking away on my palate.
0: Yeah, and and there's something a little cloying to me for the flavouring. Uh, maybe it is the spice. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of heat coming from it, which is what I was hoping for because they said they have cayenne pepper and stuff in it i like mm, a chili, a chili a beer is a great thing uh, a good chili beer is a thing to to enjoy um to actually have that chili heat in the beer wonderful because nothing goes better with beer than a good curry it's a bit disappointing that i didn't incorporate some of that in there
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a bit one note i'm not getting a lot of other stuff mm. eh?
0: as it warms up now i'm getting a lot more curry flavors i have to say so i'm getting cumin a little bit of coriander Definitely, yeah. Definitely, some even turmeric, maybe even um, so classic curry flavors. It's not overpowering, but it's definitely there. I'm not sure about this one. I mean, it. Mm. I I guess this is one of those things where you know on the drawing board it looks like a great idea, and I, I would certainly have gone in with this one as well. Is you know often when you formulate recipes, you do think of these sort of things. So I do a lot of re- recipe formulation for for craft breweries and you know so on and. One of the ways you, you go about doing that is you go and think about, let's say, food which goes well with a beer. And then you go, well, what if we put this thing yeah. in the
1: beer? Yeah, you know? sure. So you you work it the other way around, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and this would be a great <clears throat> reasoning is to say, well, we love curry and beer together. Why don't we just put the curry in yeah. the beer? And and sometimes that really pays off.
1: I think that that wax are tasting, you know, they say on the label there's toasted coconuts. I think that might be oh, it. Oh,
0: you're right. It's that.
1: Uh, it's it's. I think that's mm. what I'm tasting.
0: Mm. Um, Coconut can sometimes say, impart The slightly artificial yeah. flavour to things. Yeah.
1: They also say lime leaf, but I'm not getting any of the lime leaf. I'm not getting mm. any kind of like sweet sour there.
0: And there's no tropical um, flavours which the lime leaf would have imparted. No. No. I'm mostly getting My, the, the cumin. I'm getting cumin. I'm getting turmeric, and I'm getting a waxy crown. <laughs> Just a weird yeah. flavour in beer. I just you – know, uh, it's not my favorite. Uh, it's not horrible.
1: Yeah. No. There's no I, I, in There is there – is, uh, mine's warming up now a little bit, and I can mm. get a bit more flavor, but it's actually just bringing out a bit more astringency.
0: Yeah. Um, this would be interesting uh, with food. I mean, I would I would possibly <sighs> – I would use this in a curry as a – you know, like as part of the dish. I would chuck it in while yeah. I make
1: the curry. Um, yeah, uh, or in a pie. You know, you make, you make mm. a stout pie, which I think was there. Um, that would be a the, nice the, idea. Their the, the, the genesis, you know, it says yeah that they were the pastry starts, you know, like mm. the Guinness type flavoring. Mm. And I think this would be very nice to cook cook a beef pie. Definitely. You know, I could, I could probably dig that. A yeah, beef stew or something as as would a, really be well, yeah, well served. Yeah, by. big time. Mm. But I just think as, as a straight drink, I'm not enjoying this in an enormous amount.
0: No, I'm, I'm not going to finish mine. And I think it's because it just becomes too much for me. It's
1: too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling on this, this one, year. unfortunately. I, it, it seems like a really nice effort, and I can mm. kind of see where they're going with it, but I don't think it's a successful beer. We're going to blame for, the Scottish for, guys for this one. Yeah, well done, Scottish guys, for fucking up <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah, why don't you go colonize somewhere else? Go touch your keber somewhere else. Don't your keber. No, shame. I, I, I actually I feel bad because it, it does seem like the, the this is a bit of a – Mm. of an experiment Mm. and I just it feels like the experiment has gone a bit wrong. Uh,
0: But having said I mean I think you you nailed it I mean what I really like about Afro-Caribbean Brewing Company is that they do experiment that they are very much for me doing the right thing as a craft brewing company where they have got a few very few actually production beers which they consistently bring out yeah. I think Jungle Paradise, which we just had, is one of them. Um but other than that, they keep on experimenting. They keep on bringing new beers, they collaborate, they try new things. And
1: yeah. And you this can't is, hate on them for doing that. This eh? is
0: what craft beer is about, man. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. The problem a lot with craft breweries is they stick to production beers only. They've got like four production beers, they keep on turning them out. Yeah. They, don't
1: they put experiment. out the four like standard yeah. beers and yeah. They don't check. want
0: to experiment, even though the whole point of having a small brewery is that you can experiment.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I suppose, so that, that's the takeaway from this is don't stop experimenting. No. But this ex- particular experiment, maybe not. Mm. You know. Look, I think I d- that I some like, people are going to like this. I don't care what other people think of this, to be entirely honest, yeah. because uh-huh. it might, yeah, you know,
0: I don't know. Now, drop us some ideas in the comments when this thing uh, goes live on the website. But mm.
1: I, I, th- I would I suspect some people might that. like
0: this beer a lot. Um, it might just not be for us.
1: This is way too challenging for me, and uh, and the the flavors just don't knit the way that I would mm. expect them to in a stout, You know,
0: yeah. I think I think may it maybe that is the problem. Maybe they didn't choose the right base beer style. Maybe it would have been better in a lighter beer even. Yeah, yeah, um, that's possible. And I think maybe instead of trying lime leaves as a tropical counterpoint, sometimes you you need to step back from the experiment and go. There are already flavors in beer which can mimic the thing I'm trying to experiment with. So let me rather do yeah. that. It almost always works better. So so I know a lot of people who've tried coffee beers, for instance. I've tried yes. a lot of coffee beers over, over time because I'm a real coffee snob and I love coffee. Um, almost never have I had a coffee beer with actual coffee in it, which tastes better than a properly made porter with, with coffee malts in them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are exactly. malts which mimic the flavor of coffee better than what you would get out of actual coffee in a beer. 100.
1: So percent it's, it's that I sort of completely. thing. And I think yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe instead of putting lime leaves in, which maybe gave you very little return, um, rather put in you know, put a put a beer style together which has lime-like flavors, like an IPA or a blonde ale, and then yeah. put the other spices. I, I suspect that would work better. Back to television, man.
1: Back to television. So I wanted to ask you a question. So. Mm. There are a lot of forgotten or unappreciated sci-fi and yeah. fantasy you know series from the last let's say 20 or 30 years. Absolutely. Why don't you reel off one or two that you you, mm. you think has been unappreciated and not looked back on kindly or forgotten? Mm. Um I've I've got a couple in my head. What what do you what do you have?
0: I think that my number one underappreciated one would be 7 Days. Series from 1998 to 2001, as IMDb tells me. Yeah. Um, Christopher Crowe and Zachary Crowe were the creators, and I don't know what they subsequently went on and, and did. They sound familiar to me. Um. Okay, so they wrote the script to *Lost in the Meek. All
1: oh, right. Yeah. Oh, and, well, that's a that's a solid script.
0: And the Untouchables, apparently. <laughs> Jeez, that's some that's some pretty good pedigree there. Mm. And Seven Days was a, a sleeper hit for me I mean, it's it still I did watch it the other day again And it still hasn't aged um, It's got great acting uh, Jonathan the Paglia is the main actor He's brother to the more famous De Paglia actor
1: and Anthony
0: Anthony, yeah
1: I, the, the, the main conceit of the show Is actually such a clever Brilliant. thing And I think they, they reused it in um, A movie with Denzel Washington Called Deja Vu, I think it was called
0: yeah, it was very um, close to the Deja Vu or even that other one, Source Code. I don't know if you watch Source, source Code.
1: Co- source Code, yeah. I mean, Source Code took it from another angle, but just for those who haven't seen Seven Days, um, it's basically that you can send somebody back in time of a fixed amount of time. Yeah, seven days. So I think they can go back seven days. And, uh, and, and so I think they, the, if I remember correctly, they, they use it to avert natural disasters and things like that. Yeah, or you know?
0: terrorist stuff and
1: terrorist attacks. And, yeah, and that it's, kind it's of
0: pretty thing. cool. And then the, the way that the, the show works always is that the, the guy, the Euro, the plug, there gets sent back seven days. Then he calls the base in this prearranged thing to tell them something's going to happen. Because obviously, in the present, they don't know because they're yes, still in the Yes, exactly. Prison. Um, so it's pretty cool and So, he's,
1: so he's, he's constantly in the past yeah. Being sent further back into the past Because yeah. he never reaches his original present No, no, the original present is which supposed is such to a, actually which is, be I, I, love, I love that concept
0: Yeah. So they, something shit happens and then they send him back oh. And then yeah. seven days prior they get the call to say Something shit's going to happen
1: That's right uh, th- That also reminds me of um, Twelve Monkeys Where yeah. Bruce Willis, where once he arrives in the past He's supposed to phone a number you know to yes. tell them something and that number is like a dry cleaning business mm. back in the past but it but it actually isn't it's a front and they do get the the message you know yeah.
0: no seven days is for me an underrated show it it okay. was a monster of the week kind of show it did eventually have a sort of an overarching plot as many of the late 90s shows started to incorporate because that was the the change i guess in television back then i actually yeah. really and i I think i i might be reading the cultural uh, pulse here a little bit incorrectly but I think people are starting to get a little bit tired of these overarching plot lines which either never finish because the show gets cancelled or they just yeah. like take take away from the basic enjoyment of the show, you know. Um, I'm still a great fan of the Monster of the Week type style where each show is a little self-contained in, in its own episode and it just uses the conceits of the show really, really well. And I think Seven Days does that masterfully.
1: I um, Okay, that's a that's a, a solid choice. Hmm. That's a solid choice. Um I'm going to put one that was quite. I don't, well, I, I don't even know if it was big here in South Africa, because, but I do know that me and my kind of schoolmates at the time were, did talk about it a lot because it was so weird. Mm. It was. It was. It had like these elements of fantasy and sci-fi and body horror, right. like all mushed into one. Sounds And that was a program called Lex. And Lex was basically like this weird organic spaceship. Okay. And where their technology, you know, two thousand years from now, um, is based heavily on kind of this organic um, proto technology, and um, yeah, it's, it was this incredible canon got built around it. Um, this, the, you know, they, they went backwards and they kind of established where the, how the world was built, and well, yeah, it's just uh, it was a very unappreciated. I think it ran for maybe three seasons, mm. maybe four. I can't remember exactly. It was also that 90, I think it was, I was at school, so it was probably 97 to 2001. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Never heard
0: oh. of it. I'm going to check it out there.
1: Check out Lex. Uh, it was also very well known because the the lead female character was um, looking back basically sexploitation. Um, but back then it was, you know, she was a strong female character apparently. Mm. Um, but yeah, very very well done. Okay, that's pretty
0: cool. I'll
1: check yeah, it now. Yeah,
0: I would I would add to my underappreciated one. Um, I don't think if it, I don't know if it was underappreciated because it certainly if you look at the number of seasons it went through, it probably wasn't. Uh, no. But a show called Falling Skies. Oh
1: my word, Falling Skies! Mm. What what a phenomenal program so
0: from the the ER actor who was Dr. Carter, I think, in the ER show. Um, the uh, young guy. What was it
1: called? Uh, what is he? What's his name? Um... Noah, Wild, Noah, Wiley. No, Noah Wiley Noah mm. Wiley that's it that's yeah. exactly right um, so again so this is an alien invasion story yeah it's basically the the American Civil War portrayed with the Civil War being a war against the aliens
0: exactly it's, it's got uh, initially I think they hit that pretty hard uh, it started in 2011 um, ran to 2015 yeah they they do hit that a little bit hard the American thing and, and if there's anything wrong with the show it's that you know they they've got that same sort of conceit which a lot of American shows have where they yeah, it's contractually obligated to put the American flag in every single shot. Um, <laughs> yeah, pref- preferably yeah, sure. a raggy, a raggedy one, which you know conveys conflict and that we're about to lose America. Um, yeah. but but other than that, it's a very solid sci-fi show. I think, I mean Noah Wiley, while I don't know how you pronounce the name, he's a great actor. I mean, he's a very solid yeah. actor, and I think he, he yeah. was just leaving ER at that time, and it was such a Pretty unexpected move to cast someone who comes from a straight drama show to something very sci-fi-ish, and it worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very um, much so. But I think it it, it also it, its main kind of concept was the fact that it's, it was very grounded in reality. Mm, it was the you know it was more it was almost documentary mm, more mm. than than sci-fi. It was supposed to be this is what's going on in the world today, you know. Yeah. Um, and so they had these very grounded actors mm. um, and with with very real issues. And mm. uh, yeah, a Fallen sky, falling sky was was fantastic. I think it was a Spielberg production. I think he, yeah, I think Steven Spielberg, Spielberg was great producer on that. Yeah. yeah and um yeah ran I, I think the only the only thing seasons. i didn't like mm. about falling skies the only thing i didn't like and it's it that is more a budgetary thing is that the the cgi and the and the puppetry i don't well i don't know if they had practical effects on it but it it is it, it dated very quickly like you could see that mm. you know they, they weren't working on 20 million dollars an episode you know it was no you're right uh, every time an alien popped up it was you know, untextured, unshadowed was, yeah. That was pretty <laughs> heavy were, Yeah, but, there were some yeah good, but I mean Good actors one, which, which
0: came out I mean, Sarah Carter for me was the actress who really Came out of that show for me She was a badass uh, Maggie, a rebel And That's right, subsequently, I think Pretty successful career um, You know, so yeah It was a really, I just enjoyed watching it It was everything I wanted in an alien invasion Kind of show without being stupid Yeah
1: um, the the cool thing was that they had a, uh, if I remember correctly, the aliens had a very reasonable reason for invading Earth, mm. which was they they wanted they needed um, helium, yeah. uh, because that that was their fuel source, mm. and and that's why because we have you know the the moon is apparently full of this helium byproduct, and that's that's basically they wanted us as a as a mining colony, mm. um, which is a, a very reasonable conceit if you think about mm. it. And also, That's that why we the would.
0: the part for me which was well done is that later in the story, other alien races which these guys have screwed over come into the story. That's um, right,
1: and they're like, mm. you know, they, they, they mind our planet. We're gonna we're gonna help you mm. t- to prevent this from happening to yourselves. You know? That's
0: cool. It doesn't it, that doesn't happen nearly often enough for me in, in typical alien invasion stories because I think the the creators of those stories want to make it very clear that it's us versus them and we're at a great disadvantage.
1: Yes, exactly. Um,
0: but I think it, it adds to the world building better if you if you add like, okay, well, okay, if these guys are so bad, they must have screwed other people over before.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. What's okay. your uh, other unappreciated masterpiece?
1: So I've, I've got a couple, but there was one that stood out for me that I, because, and the reason why it stood out for me is because I haven't watched the main show of which this is the prequel of and you're mm-hmm. probably going to, when you see me beat me to death, but I've never really watched Battlestar Galactica. Nor have I. Which is which is apparently an enormous gap in mm. our sci-fi knowledge, because uh, you know it, it's it was a landmark in television as far well, as I understand. On it. many
0: on many lists, Battlestar Galactica is number one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But Battlestar Galactica is seen as like the epitome or the of like. Mm the ultimate sci fi. I know we're talking about the modern
0: one, right? The modern one.
1: The modern one, Mm. yes, not the seventies one, the modern one. But but it's there was a prequel to it called Caprica. Mm. Which which was less sci-fi, more kind of political, more corporate Intrigue, okay, and um, and I don't. I, I assume the Battlestar Galactica fans watched it, but I don't know if anyone else did. Hmm. Um, and it was a very competent show. You know, they, they kind of hid their budgetary constraints by not making it about the technology. Yeah, which was which is very clever, you know. And because it's a prequel, it goes back. So I assume this would be gratifying for Battlestar Galactica fans. And you you see the like the full. The, the parents and the forerunners of the people who are in that Galactica and how they got to be the people they are, you know? Mm. I did I, I remember <laughs> watching
0: a few of those episodes of Capricorn enjoying it. Yeah, oh, it's it a, Eric was a, a very in it?
1: comfortable show. Eric Stoltz was in it. That's I, like Eric I think Staltz. he was probably the biggest name. What
0: a ninety zero. Um, I mean like he's really a ninety zero, isn't
1: he? Eric Stoltz is actually a phenomenal like artist. Mm. He's he, he he's now a a, a prolific director. Mm-hmm um, he's, uh, he's, I think he's either a showrunner or a producer on Madam Secretary, which is a great political mm. drama. Um, he, yeah, yeah. For somebody who got kicked out of Back to the Future, he's done pretty well for himself.
0: He has. Yeah. I just, I just remember him as being in a lot of nineties
1: cult movies. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he was, he was, you know, kind of like the, the nineties backpack, mm. you know, that, 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 that mark. Mm. So yeah, so that's 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 my other unappreciated one.
0: Okay, but then what about before we start with another beer? What would be one of your most recently enjoyed, other than Expanse, because that's pretty recent? What what other? If I had to choose one other really recently made sci-fi series, what Uh, would you recommend?
1: um, Look, I think I think black mirror sits on its own as as just consistently excellent um and and interesting because it's a it's an anthology show you know it's not a there's no overall Mm. overriding um plot or anything like that they're all self-contained episodes um but if i was to if i was to go for like a scripted drama series and i know that people have got very very particular feelings about the show, especially as them the, the the difference in quality from season to season. But I think Westworld um is uh, uh, season one was unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: I love that show. I mean unbelievable.
1: Like just just brilliant. Um and I honestly have I haven't minded season two or season three. I think the um they've worked well but i think i I, you know more than i think the show is more than the sum of its parts you know i think Westworld, for what it could have been taking its its progeny you know it's where it came from which is just a movie about android Mm. i think that they've 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 injected this these real questions about humanity into it and i think that those questions get asked time and time again yeah um and i yeah i think it's a great great show
0: I mean, definitely. It's got so many accolades and, and so on. I mean, it's undeniably a great show. Um, I think for me, a, a contemporary one worth worth watching, at least for the first season, I wouldn't necessarily recommend any other subsequent season, would be uh, Aldert Carbon. I think season one was phenomenal. Yeah. I think, again, very much yeah. like Expanse, it showed us. I mean, Aldert Carbon showed me that you can do a cyberpunk TV show and not make it look hokey correct Um, correct it was just amazing i mean the way they envisioned cyberpunk it was completely almost as i had imagined it when i read all those novels yeah um so i I
1: think i I think like the expanse that we discussed earlier they Mm. they they drop you into this world yeah and you are you know they the the onus is on you to make sense of it Mm. you know they they don't they don't hold your hand through the technology that they use or or Mm. or anything or the world they that exists it was it was kind of like the expectation is that this is a living, breathing world, and you 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 must navigate. Now, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: I think. I mean, the other one I'd add to that is a recent show. Is it's actually interesting because it's a Star Trek TV series, and it's Star yeah. Trek Discovery, which is the latest, well, sort of the latest rendition. Um
1: Trekkie,
0: tricky. tricky Yeah, I know. But what's interesting for me about Star Trek Discovery is it's it's probably the only Star Trek so far I've seen where and I love Star Trek and, and Star Trek Discovery is one of the only ones I've seen Where I, I can imagine people who really hate Star Trek Or the idea of watching Star Trek Actually enjoying this This is much more modern sci-fi for me than, It's sort of modern sci-fi which happens to be Star Trek Rather than the other way around um, It really is it's, it's, it's made with a very modern sensibility All the modern ideas around sci-fi And speculative fiction is incorporated in there It's got a great yeah. cast Very strong acting very strong directing. So even if you, if, if you rolled your eyes when I said Star Trek uh, just now, do yourself, <laughs> do yourself a favor and watch Star Trek Discovery. It is not Star Trek as you know it.
1: Yeah. No, no, I've heard exactly the same thing. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't watch Star Trek, but I, I've heard from a number of people that it's actually uh, – it, it captures a lot of the, the joy and the glory of the original kind of ethos of Star Trek while pushing it in a new direction. Mm.
0: No, it's very it's gritty, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting take on Star I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Should we move on to another beer? I think we should. More beer. All right. Man. And it's another IPA, so we can stick it on our leaderboard. It is called the Steelworks IPA.
1: I was intrigued by this. Hmm. I was intrigued by this because it doesn't have it doesn't have the usual IPA branding. No, it's very this minimalist. Is, yeah, it's um quite hardcore actually.
0: It looks like this definitely is a side project kind of beer. They, they weren't going to spend too much time on the design. They wanted to get it
1: out. Or maybe still work surfboards as a company.
0: Maybe. That might well be
1: true. Let me going um, Google that. This is information we should have.
0: Yeah. If we were a proper professional podcasters, we probably would already have that.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I don't think they are. No. The only reference is to this beer. So, yeah. So, no, this is, this is it. This is mm. this is very interesting branding. I've got to tell you, I there's like what is it? What does the molecule have to do with anything? Um, next to it says uh, so it's uh, a steel molecule mm. IPA, and then there's like a little molecule. Not sure. I mean,
0: unless it is a rendition of the molecule for hop oil or something.
1: Um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. that's a big in joke then. Um, Could be. So strange branding for a strange branding for a beer, to be entirely honest. Mm. Not sure I'm totally on board with it
0: Yeah, look, it, it looks a bit rushed It looks like they had to get it out They wanted to get the beer out rather than the branding And they mm. stuck on a label mm. Mm. So it's it's very different From what we used to um, Afro-Caribbean Brewing Company doing Which is very on-point design
1: Or experiment
0: It's it's one of their limited editions, I think um, And 6% ABV IPA, that's all information we have on it So the only way we can know more about it Is to drink it, man
1: Okay, let's do that.
0: So in the glass, it is sort of a hazy-ish straw color, I would imagine, slightly darker than that even. Um, so the haziness is interesting to me. I, I mean, often a hazy IPA would suggest something in a New England kind of style of, of IPA. So it could be Not that. Much-
1: much lighter than I would have expected it.
0: Yeah, or it could just mean there's lots of dry hopping going on here, which is another typical West Coast IPA uh, thing to do. And when you dry hop, you you do impart a haziness to your beer unless you filter it afterwards at bottling. Many brewers wouldn't do that; they want to they want to almost show that they did a lot of dry hopping through the haziness. Um, so let's let's uh, give us a whirl.
1: Mm, there's a there's a nice m- musky scent. It's not a grapefruity crunch, but no. it is. There is a there is there is some punch there. A bit of freshly cut grass almost. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it's a much tighter kind of uh, of, of aroma. Mm. Nice head. I've got a very beautiful thick yeah. white rocky, dense head.
0: Rocky, rocky white head. Definitely, sort of, I, I get aromas here of grass, pine.
1: Yeah, lemony citrus. I'm getting.
0: Mm. Yeah, sort of almost citra, which I associate with the citra hop. Very lemon. Lemon freshness.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a very fresh. It's a very fresh smell. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm going to taste this. Mm. I, I taste. I taste the lemon. I taste the the the, the citrus. It's uh, there's a, you know, like a like a bite to it, like a like a lemony bite.
0: Mm. Very much so. Yeah. It's,
1: it's very keen. Not packed. Not packed with uh, with hops, eh? Mm. But uh, I would say
0: almost certainly a IPA.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's an IPA. It's, I, it's. I'm trying to think of, you know, kind of the style that this is sitting in because it doesn't have that that danky crunch. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would
0: hazard to say this is more in a sessionable IPA kind of style. You know, that, that doesn't overpower mm. you with bitterness, but it definitely is very bitter. It's very light in the malt bowl, very, very nice and sort of unchallenging in that sense. But the hop definitely is the forefront of this beer. No flaws. Definitely got a solid uh, hop backbone for me. Um, I think it's it's really on the edge there for me of a session IPA. I think it's it's bitter, yeah. bitter enough to be an IPA and not be something like a pale ale. Yeah, um,
1: but it's a but it's a very different kind of bitterness. Yeah, um, it's 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 not your traditional IPA bitterness. Mm-hmm. It, it it is very sessionable, like there's, uh, you mm. know, um, and the uh, citron it's, definitely it's, comes It's an through. enjoyable beer. I would... I, um, that, that, that's the majority of what mm. I'm getting is is upfront is that lemony citrus. Clean bite, yeah, Um, which is nice because it also stops the bitterness sitting too much in your mouth. Mm. Um And I think that's probably the point. You don't think it's a, just a little bit muddled?
0: Look, yeah, no, there isn't bright, clear flavour I mean, it, it's mostly sort of you know, integrated. I, I, I guess one person's muddled might be another person's balanced.
1: Yeah, maybe, or that person's an idiot,
0: or that could be that. Look, I that think person it's a- should shut their mouths. I think this is a friendly little IPA. I think there's nothing wrong with it.
1: No, um, no. I, I, I suppose I'm looking for things that aren't mm. there, and I, I think it's a it's a nice beer. It is a nice it's beer. A nice beer. I, I must say this this head has retained its kind of volume so beautifully. Yeah. Every sip has been through that head. It's actually mm. lovely.
0: That's that's very nice. I mean, it's a very compliment maybe in that sense. It it's it's bright. The flavours for me not as muddled maybe as as they have been for you. Um, the more I drink of it, the more the bitterness is building up. So there, there is it a, is, it is bit,
1: building up a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit of
0: residual bitterness here. Um, not a lot of residual sugar. Overall, um, if I had to show an IPA to someone, I might consider showing this to someone and saying this is a pretty good example of a middle of the road IPA. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's competent. Mm. It's competent. It's it's not my favorite by a long shot. Um, but I can't. There's no particular reason why. Yeah. I think it's a bad beer um no, exactly. no I, 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 there, there's an element to the bitterness that I don't like and I think that's mm. the only thing it la- it lacks the link between that the that, that citra and the level of bitterness that I'm tasting mm. and I'm, and that disconnect is where I'm falling off no. and that's the only issue I have.
0: If I had to put a number to this, I would say it's sort of in the region for me of the Karma Citra IPAs from Frontier, maybe the Free Shop 2019 uh, from Jack Black.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, somewhere yeah, around yeah. there. Yeah, I'd probably put it just slightly lower than that, to mm. be honest. I, I would give it a 6.5. Me too, man. Good Lord. We're very close together what?
0: today. What?
1: What's happening here? I know, right? I'm just Dogs losing, sleeping with cats.
0: I'm just losing my Natural identity. disasters. Good grief! <laughs> that's a good dogma reference right there.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to work out whether you've gotten weaker or I've gotten stronger.
0: Let's go with the latter explanation. Yeah,
1: somewhere. yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. six point yeah, five. Gonna...
0: It puts it sort of in the top ten, maybe just slightly outside the top ten.
1: Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad beer. No. It really isn't a bad beer. All the parts are there, but those no. parts aren't necessarily tightly connected. Mm. Then, then that's the kind of feeling I'm getting from it
0: and i think unlike the jungle paradise it doesn't have that layered depth and Mm, complexity mm. which which is really lovely Uh, i think yeah i agree jungle Paradise is a great beer um this this one is a competent beer but it's not a great beer
1: yeah i agree i agree okay cool fair enough onward okay okay, onward so i've got another question for you on 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 tv sci-fi and that question is so we spoke about kind of unappreciated stuff and we spoke about recent stuff we did so I want you to go back to your youth. I want right. you to go back. Like I want 80. you to go back 50, 30, 40, Well, mm. in your case, seventy years. True. Yeah. And I want you to tell me what, what, what programs from your youth do you remember mm. that you remember going? Okay, this is why I love sci-fi.
0: I mean, there were. Do which stand out for me right away? I mean, like I'm beginning to also see that I've got a real. Uh, theme running through some of the sci-fi line, which is <laughs> <Really? Yeah. laughs> maybe not that surprising to me but I really like time travel I mean yes. Yes, I'm I've a sucker I'm a sucker for time travel you put time travel in the story I'm there so. for you you know um, so that's that's one so you could probably guess the one I would mention in that case
1: is it going to be Quantum Leap? it's definitely going to be Quantum them. yeah oh, um, legend 1989
0: legend. Very much a yeah. show I grew up with. Um, loved it. I mean, like, everything about that show is fun. Uh, there's a lot of comedy in it, and I like sci-fi, which has a, a, a self-awareness around its geekiness and its silliness, and it makes fun of it. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it sometimes seemed like the showrunners or the producers just found excuses to put Scott Bakula in funny uh, outfits <laughs> yeah. and drag and stuff, and you know. Um it's a lovely show. It, it still works. Um, I did watch a few episodes not so long ago. It still works. It's still a good show. Yeah. I think the, yeah. the cleverness of the show is that it doesn't rely on any CGI because it's meant to be yeah. a historical... Sci-fi, in a sense, and it, it, goes, ri- it
1: relies almost on no technology actually. Yeah. I mean, besides the the actual quantum leap machine, yeah, there's 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 nothing else. It's literally it's mm. human story.
0: It's very clever. I mean, you know, in, in any, I mean, in fact, I guess these sort of time travel shows rely more on on period specific wardrobes and set design. That's right. Yeah, yeah things, that's where your money's going. Things you know? which your uh, your typical, I guess, production guys are very good at. You know.
1: Yeah, it's also one of the those kind of few. You know, categorized sci-fi shows that had kind of very broad appeal. I mean, Quantum Leap was mm. culturally super significant, and yeah. I mean, it won Emmys and Golden Globes and all sorts of things. You know, yeah. and that's very that's very seldom happens for for genre shows. Yeah. So, so you know, it was it was definitely cultural super super significant. Mm,
0: I love that show. I mean, I, I it, it ticked the boxes for time travel. I like a show which is about fixing issues in the past. You know. Or, um, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. very tropy kind of thing But I think it works um, There's a modern version, I guess, of, of Quantum Leap uh, Called Timeless Which I've watched on Netflix And also good, but not nearly know, as good so. as, as Quantum Leap
1: But it's worth well, watching let's also, let's also face it, that there's no show that can approach Quantum Leap If mm. you don't have Dean Stockwell As your no. smarmy AI um, the other so, one. So watch, I would watch mention, your Yeah. What's
0: your second one? What's your second? This one. is a much more obscure one, and this this combined a genre oh. of television I love and which people know, I love, which is the police procedural, with sci-fi. Um, are
1: you gonna, Are you going to say Fringe? No. No, that's oh, too goodness. contemporary. I mean, I was going to say that's that's too that's too that's too local.
0: Yeah, Fringe is great. I mean, Fringe is on my list. Uh, we've talked about it in, in past shows. Um, it definitely has a police procedural element, but this was proper cop. 1980s cop show meets Alien.
1: Meet Sapphire. Yeah. it's called Alien Nation. Alien Nation, absolutely. And,
0: um, you know, Eric Pierpoint, Gary Graham. You know, the, the, the conceit being that these aliens have landed in LA. they sort of a refugee type That's of... That's right, Because sure. I think they were slaves the, was or something in their past... Um, the, the, di-
1: the District 9... 9-
0: very conflict, district yeah. yeah actually you're right When I saw District 9 I suddenly remembered Alienation as being The first yeah. to try that idea That yeah. these were Refugee aliens And um, This Human cop Typical 1980s Rebel cop You know Does things his own way um, Teams up with this This alien guy Who's much
1: more conservative And
0: It's very It's a cool conceit I liked it I enjoyed it I mean alien- for a- me it was
1: Alienation a- was also uh, Like culturally Super relevant At the time mm. It was the, you know, you're also talking about it happening, not not simultaneous too, but around the time of the Rodney King yeah, riots, yeah. and there was this there was this undercurrent of being an alien in your own country. Um, so it touched on a lot of really huge ethical matters that the American public were very very unlikely to be able to deal mm. with at that point in time. Strangely you enough, know? still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 apparently thirty years later, nothing's changed. You know,
0: yeah, no, that, um, that was a good show. I mean, it was fun. International was very
1: good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I, look, I obviously the movie was quite a. It was uh, the movie was quite a big relative yeah. blockbuster. Um, so, but I mean, I always felt that the the TV series, because you got more time to play with, was able to explore these themes mm. uh, on a much stronger level than you were in a two-hour form. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, racism and bigotry and mm. the, the social issues surrounding, you it, it know. It was a gritty kind is, of
0: show as well. It was one of those first are, sci-fi much. shows which were, we moved away from the clean Star Trek theme yeah. uh, uh, into were, grittiness.
1: The, that's right. I, I remember one, one very... It was actually. I, I think. I think I found a, 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 an article that was in a magazine when I was at school, or, and and this was like their front page. Mm. Was the fact that in Alienation, the 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 male alien fell pregnant.
0: Right, I remember this.
1: Do you remember that? Mm. That was huge. Was that was like. That was you know like Us Weekly. The cover of Us Weekly was like Alienation shocks the the, the yeah. you know scandalous. You know, man, it, it was. T- it was. Like, it was a big deal. It mm. was a really, really big deal, and we wouldn't blink at that now.
0: No, it's come a long way, at TV.
1: It really. It really has. It really has. So, okay, cool. Those are, those are good choices. So, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you two very quick ones. The one because it's my literally the, my earliest memory of sci-fi as a child. The very first time I was introduced to the concept of. Of what science fiction was, and that was Back Rogers. Back mm. Rogers, like, like I, I, I cannot tell you a single storyline. I can probably barely remember three characters, but I can tell you that the impact had having me as a child, to, to as that being your first introduction to the that the, there is this speculative fiction world yeah. out
0: there. I still was, remember the theme song. I can hear it in my mind right now.
1: I don't know if I could. I don't. I'll, I, I I'll really I'll don't. Dub
0: it in for our post, so you can listen to.
1: <laughs> yes, I'd like that. Thank you very much. Um, but I mean, that was also like mm. you know. It, it, uh, and then a and Twiggy, right? Twiggy again. was the robot. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. I mean, I don't think any of the actual actors went on to do anything else whatsoever ever again. No. Um, but but they at had its time, following. I mean, it's 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 spun off. You know, comic books and mm. TV games and. And all sorts of things. You know? I remember
0: an episode of that where they they met like this vampire, uh, aliens, and and the vampire was invisible to all but a few people. Yeah, and that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I remember that's very scary.
1: So, so that actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because that takes me on to my second choice, mm. which which is a scene that has stuck with me since I saw it, um, 35 years ago okay. at least. Which was from a program called V, and it was the the image of this alien eating a rat. Oh, I remember this. Holding it by its tail Scary. and dropping this rat down the alien's throat. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, mousy, mousy, and oh my! That 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 image has stuck with me for decades. Yeah. No. Decade. it's so
0: effective, isn't it?
1: Incredibly effective, and V again, V. You know, at the time, V was like a, a basically a blockbuster, mm. you know, on television. I um, yeah, I you know, I, I, I very, the, those are two very formative programs for me to watch. Mm. You know, um, the I mean, the Buck Rogers obviously was a long-running television program. V was a was a miniseries. Mm. Um, so here in South Africa, where we didn't get these things very often, yeah. that was an event. That was an event. Like we were now, we're getting V. You know, it's going yeah. to be on Mnet. Oh my! I think something um, about
0: V just captured the imagination of of you at that age. It was this idea that that these definitely. aliens were not what they seemed. They were funny symbols which they used to write with, and they were scary. And you know, it was it was interesting. I, I think it also. I think what tapped the 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 collective unconscious, perhaps for the youth at the time, was that. The, the rebels of you were in the minority. They were like no one really yeah. believed that the aliens are bad.
1: That's a, th- that's um, exactly it. It was like this wolf in sheep's clothing story, no and and all these people who are crying wolf about it and going, mm. you know, they they're like no no no. How can you trust them? And it it turns out they were right all along.
0: Okay? Yeah, they did remake that, didn't they? There was a modern version. Of it.
1: Uh they they have made it a number of times. They did a, they did a full TV show, which I think was very poorly received. Mm. Um, I think that I think they might have done a movie, maybe, uh, maybe straight to T, I don't know. Mm. But um, but but yeah, V V and Buck Rogers were my two earliest exposures to yeah. speculative fiction, and you know you have you, got to hand it to them, regardless of the quality of the actual programs themselves. Mm. Um, no, yeah, it's a good that, intro. A, yeah, absolutely. That, and absolutely.
0: I would I would add Twilight Zone to that as well. Has a great intro. Also, back in the late '80s, early '90s, the the modern version of Twilight Zone. They had some great episodes, which really, it's it. it was for me the closest to the sort of short stories of sci-fi I was reading at the time, where there was some mind-bending stuff going on, which I guess you could only pull off in a one one one-shot episode. You know that anything's everything's off. You know, on the table. Um, yeah, and it yeah, can, can sure. really bend the minds of people, and there's often like a twist ending. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Twilight Zone was, was similar for me to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, the, it, it has to ask you the questions, and the, and especially at a formative age when you experience this for the first time, where you're getting asked questions that you've never been asked before. Yeah. Um, and you have to kind of solve these ethical dilemmas in your own head by through Entertainment mm. is just it's phenomenal and it's it's, it's addictive it's a it's a drug no. you know speculative fiction is a drug that you, you 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 cannot kick you can never kick it exactly it's a good kind of drug
0: it's good drugs man next beer please okay so the next one we're going to try out is another IPA
1: <laughs> if it's the one that I think you're going to choose I'm also very excited about
0: um it's actually it probably apart from just the typical west coast IPA and maybe Red IPAs, my favorite sub style of IPA, and that is black IPAs. And it's called the Valley of the Skulls.
1: Ominous. Ominous.
0: So, this is a a three way collab between, um, you know, Afro Caribbean, Three Skulls Brewery, which I think might not exist anymore. And then, Valley.
1: During lockdown? No, before
0: then, actually. Um, Yeah, because they say in 2012, this recipe was probably formulated um, and it was revived uh, now as a sort of a a nostalgic trip back. Yeah, so Three Scars, unfortunately, no longer exists. Um, They made some really good beers at the time. Valley Breweries do exist. They are... um, They've been reopened. The original owner was glenn adams he's a big name in south african craft beer he's he's very well known for being a good engineer so he he currently does a lot of custom-made breweries and brew houses and he does bottling machines and all sorts of things i actually bought a a machine from him and when i had my contract brewery great guy legend in in south african craft beer he he had a brewery called valley breweries in komiki in the cape um near Nurtuk. Uh, he, he sold that brewery to a bunch of young chaps who've revived Valley Breweries, and they're making, apparently, very good beer. So we should try and get some of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so this this is a beer with pedigree. I mean, it's got a lot of big names here. I was going
1: to say, there's some, there's some real clout behind this.
0: Some clout behind it. Um, look, I love black IPAs. My my favorite beer of last year, actually, uh, South African craft beer of last year, was um, a black IPA called Harambee uh, version 4. Um, and uh made by the four hundred Brewing Company in the cape, and they they just knocked it out bark with version four for me uh black iPA It's a very well rated beer, but it's a black IPA. and I, I think I'm looking forward to this valley of the skulls branding wise Matt, what do you think of it?
1: I like it, I mm. like it it's it's a little bit simple, but I think that probably works in its favor It's also the kind of vaguely distressed motif, three skulls mm. um although those are two surfboards. Underneath it, so it's kind of like a yeah, um, uh, what do they call it? The 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 pirate skull yeah. flag. What's that? Well, I guess What's it's, it's bringing
0: in the whole uh, Jolly Roger, um, Jolly Roger, exactly. So yeah. it's bringing in the I guess the three skulls and the three skulls, and the surfboards probably reference both, uh, well, probably it actually references Africa Ruby, and they clearly have a surf motif.
1: They've got a surf motif, and they've here, got the,
0: the hills, which were the valley. Old branding where these sort of two hills meeting
1: um, right at the right, center because right,
0: right. uh, it was in a valley. I like it, there's yeah. a
1: nice use of color, you know, it's mm. uh, there's a, a, a beach motif and the red yeah. and the black. Yeah, I like it. I, I again, besides the works. this is you know, which mm. was a weird kind of choice. The, this it suits them perfectly, It's mm. it's subtle but at the same time giving you like a bit of an understanding of what you're about to get yourself into. And I think it's cool.
0: There's it, it a good lesson in how to brand a collab beer where everyone gets a piece of the action. You know, everyone gets yeah. recognized in their own branding and, and no one predominates. Um, yeah, and you
1: just have to be clever enough to hmm. integrate those different parts, you know. Very much so.
0: Yeah, if you knew these three I, breweries, you would know they were in this beer.
1: I have never had a black IPA. What? So, I have never I in my life incredible. had this is about to happen. I, I
0: can't even believe that,
1: man. I don't even know what it's I'm telling say. you now, No, Never had one, so wow. this is this is it. This is okay. this is a new. It's a new world, right? So it's actually more of a cola color. It's not black. It's like the, it's a it's a dark caramel red. Mm-hmm. N- nice head, stoutish kind of head. Mm-hmm. Definitely more caramelized aroma. Bit of crunch, dark kind of bitter notes.
0: It has that one very clear characteristic for me is, which I love about our black IPAs. When you when you mix the aromas of a dark malt, like a chocolate malt or uh, you know the, the typical sort of coffee malts you would use in this uh, recipe with hops, you get a steely note to the, the aroma. Like almost an iron Just iron. Describe filings. what you mean
1: by that. Yeah, I was I was going to say that. Okay, if that's what you mean, then yes, Lead, there's like a there's, pencil yeah.
0: shavings, um, graphite. Yeah. Uh. I guess when, on wine terms, you would call it a mineral note. Uh, but it's more like graphite, steely. I love that. I love that in any beer. You sometimes get it in amber ales as well. Really well, made Amber ales have that. And it is the intermingling with lots of hops. So you've got your citrusy bitter hops with a very chocolatey coffee flavor. And I think when you mix those things, you get that kind of graphite, steely flavor, I think. Um, I might be completely wrong here, but I just love
1: it. Assuming, yeah. Mm, it's, it's nice. There's not a lot... There's not a lot in the in, in the aroma. Mm. No, it, it is relatively close. I'm not sure it smells like an IPA, to be entirely honest.
0: No, it doesn't. It does not smell like an IPA. It smells very much in line with a stout or a porter more. With a
1: stout, I was going to say, oh, okay, I want to take a sip let's, of this. Let's sip this. Mm.
0: <laughs> That's lovely. That is lovely. My,
1: that is my, my. lovely. That is beautiful. What a beautiful beer. Hey, it definitely tastes <sighs> like an IPA. I have got... All the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Mm.
0: It's difficult to describe, and I think that's why I like the the black IPAs. They they add a roastiness to the flavor for sure. Mm. But it's more than that.
1: Mm. Dry, it, this,
0: very nice and dry finish, which I love in a beer.
1: It's it's bitter mm. without without being astringent. It's yeah. it's burnt without mm. being uh, cloying. Yeah, and it's, it's a perfect it's balance dark between without being yeah. overwhelming.
0: I think it's a perfect balance between the hoppy bitterness and the astringent bitterness of the malt. But mm. you mm, mm, you mm, get mm, that that this, I wouldn't say it's citrus, but it's definitely a forest floor pine cone type of bitterness, which is definitely hoppy. And then underneath that, in the backbone, almost is the roasty barbecue yeah. flavors.
1: That, yeah, that roasted flavor it kind of intermingles with that dankness, mm, mm. and it and it and it just it flattens. The, the high points, you know, so you're not getting the super bitterness, you're not getting yeah. the super darkness, everything is just kind of mellow, and mm. it's, oh, it's so nice.
0: And what's uh, another testament to the skill of the brewing uh, going on here is it's, it's a reasonably high ABV, it's 6.2, it's good for an IPA, it's solid in the middle of the, of the IPA spectrum, but it doesn't taste boozy, there's no alcohol warmth here. No, no.
1: Um,
0: it's this, very well this, in this, this,
1: this, like I can, now that I've had a couple of sips, there's almost a port flavour underneath, like a like mm. a, a sherry type mm. port warmth to Slight it. Nice Venice a, a
0: brightness to it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes to the very edge of maybe dried fruit, um, something like raisins yeah. or sultanas or something yeah. like that. Yeah, But not, yeah, yeah. not there. I mean, it's not that heavy. I mean, that, that,
1: no, no, no. Because it isn't no. an obvious fruit flavour, but like there's that hint of like mm. dates or something like dates.
0: That. Dates but, are probably like, better. Yeah, dates is a good like
1: a uh, like a, a like, like a like a Christmas pudding aspect to yeah. it. Well, and then but instead of it being sweet, it's bitter
0: and very dry. I think what what keeps it from being more in your imperial stout or imperial porter range is that mm. it doesn't have that full-on fruitcake Christmas cake flavor. It it's much drier than that.
1: Yeah, cuz it it actually is. Your your mouth is you can actually taste the 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 dryness mm. of it. It finishes is- very
0: clean, which makes me want to have more. I love this beer. This is very very um close I would say to my memory of Harambee 4 I'd still think Harambi 4 is better than this which should give you an idea of the quality of that beer
1: of how much you like Harambi yeah.
0: but this is very good stuff I mean if if you don't have a couple of these in your fridge uh, listeners go and get some I'm pretty sure this is not going to last forever because I'm going oh, to be buying is... some right now
1: yeah, yeah this um, is really really good
0: Black IPA for me is a is a is very much becoming um, a go-to beer for me um because it's not quite as bitter ultimately as a very heavy IPA. Um, I think the malts kind of round it out a little bit more so it doesn't build up in your palate so much. Yeah. So if you yeah. love an IPA and you, you sometimes feel like, you know, I just can't have too many because it becomes too much, a black IPA is often a good you know, good example of something you can have a lot of
1: you know i'm i'm going back to the can now mm. and you know how, ev- how evocative of the flavors in the beer that can is mm. the 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 colors the yeah it, it it actually like i'm 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 seeing a visual representation of the the brightness the darkness the bitterness mm. the the strength it's it's this is mm. i'm glad you like it, is it is man so as a first yeah,
0: black black ipa this is a good example of
1: I mean look let's uh, let's be honest, this is also quite a challenging beer, eh? Mm. This is not a this is not a simple beer to be drinking.
0: I know. I mean you, you might be forgiven to think, oh well this is a dark beer, so it's gonna be like border stout territory and it's yeah, not, it right? It's not at all. Um it has characteristics of a, a stout in the sense that it clearly uses dark malts. But that's kind of where the resemblance uh ends very swiftly. Yeah. So now, Matt, so this is the first black IPA yes. which will be on our list. Um I suspect this is going to be pretty close to our top tier.
1: I am going to say I'm going to give this an 8. Okay,
0: you am going to give it an 8. So that's high praise. I mean, that's that's in the, the top 9, top 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy this beer just about as much as I enjoy the Lagunitas IPA. Again, in a very weird supernatural sense, I'm right there with you, man. I'm also going to give it an 8.
1: Stop copying me, man. I
0: know, it's weird. Like, we never do this. This is...
1: This has never happened before. This is this is making for a very um, interesting show.
0: Unprecedented.
1: <laughs> you, you know what? And, and I feel that I would rate this higher mm. um, if if it if I wasn't taking into account the fact that I don't think that this is an easy drinking beer. Mm. No, it's I not. would. La- you know, I could ha- I could have one of these as my late mm. night beer, but it's session it's not sessionable mm. as far as as far as I'm concerned, which I believe the Lagunitas, for example, is. So if we, uh, yeah, I think that's a fair score as far as I'm concerned.
0: Mm. If if I had to say why it's not higher, it's it's just because I would like a little bit more hops in it. Yes. This one's a yes. little bit too balanced for me. Uh, yeah, yes. in favour. So so I prefer IPAs
1: which are much more hop forward. Um, yeah, I agree with you completely on yeah. that. Yeah, but it's a solid beer. It's a delicious beer, it's a, and it's it's beautiful together. There's no obvious flaws. It's enjoyable to drink. Um, as my first black IPA mm. um that's a that's a great introduction
0: yeah no it's a great beer and I, I think we should definitely try more black
1: Ipas on the show um they're great stuff. yeah I, ca- I can't believe we haven't done it before and since this is my only real access to the outside world it feels like this is your fault
0: It's <laughs> my fault I'll take full responsibility and apologize <laughs> for greater person. good
1: good thank you very much <laughs> so, so let's let's wrap up our our sci-fi yeah, television let's wrap this theme. Up. yeah what's our what's what's our next look into the world of sci-fi.
0: Well, look, we looked at modern stuff. We looked at overlooked uh, classics. We looked at real classics. I guess there's only one question remaining, and that is, you know, uh, using our analogy of taking beers to Mars, what show would you take to Mars? If you could only take one TV show, you could re-watch Jeez. endlessly. And it's a sci-fi show. What would that be?
1: If, if you're, you see, the, the problem is you're asking me now
0: no, sure. But it's always now. And I mean, we, we acknowledge you know, that it's always now. I mean, it could be
1: different tomorrow. But when when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, c- can I take two? Can I take two to Mars? Absolutely. And it's it's fitting that one of those is at the Expanse. Mm-hmm. It is very I fitting. I think that it, it, it deserves to go to Mars. Mm. Um, and the other one... And I know that this is basically so overdone that it's basically a meme now. Hmm. Is I would take Firefly. Firefly is, is I don't care. to me, the I'm prototypical underdog, canceled too early. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a lot of people like, believe that, yeah. l- Like Nathan Fillion's career. You know, it's like a it's like a microcosm of mm. watching this poor man, against all odds, try to succeed, yeah. and that's what Firefly was. And I am, um, yeah, you know, like I say, it's a meme now because everyone mm. loves Firefly, and everyone wishes there was a season two, but True. but there wasn't, and, and we're never going to get it. But for that brief moment in time, everything was right mm. in the world.
0: No, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I watched Firefly looking for that. I mean, I, I know it's almost legendary in the sense of being the prototypical. Criticism of cancel culture and all that stuff um yeah i I kind of understand why it was cancelled though i I didn't enjoy it as much as people generally do um I think it had some really big flaws um and maybe do you,
1: do, you, do you really yeah I, could, I, could you could you name one i i think I can't and i
0: think the i think maybe for me it was it is it is ahead of its time in the wrong sense of that word in the sense that they just didn't have the technology and the acting prowess to pull it off. I think if they if they had the expense CGI and the expense acting cost, Firefly yeah, would have been an awesome show.
1: You will you will fight. You're going to get so much hate mail for yeah, saying that that cost what didn't have the chops to pull off what they did. I just don't think they did. Don't I, think they did I, man. You, I will I will fight you in real life. <laughs> I will I will I will box you and I will beat you. <laughs> I, will, I, I won't because you're both stronger and bigger than me, so it's unlikely. We'll but
0: we'll, we'll televise this if it ever happens. Anyway. We'll, <laughs> we'll do a YouTube stream of Matt and Marcel oiled up and ready to go.
1: I, I think what you've actually what you've just said about Firefly was probably exactly the reason why it was cancelled. Is because mm. you were in the majority you know the, the, there were there was there were too many morsels and not enough, not enough mats probably for for five um, who thought that everything was perfect you know it's yeah. you are the reason why it was canceled um, which isn't which isn't to say that it should have been mm. kept going
0: but look there, there, on, were, the it, other, it didn't on the have other have yeah. the
1: it was it didn't have the ratings it didn't it didn't succeed as a show mm. and it's only in retrospect that people have realized the excellence of it Look, so, I think I
0: think people also are justified in, sa- in saying that there certainly were far worse shows than Firefly who kept on going. Sure, um, but I mean
1: that's a common complaint about mm, American television. Yeah. Is The
0: Big Bang Theory can get fifteen seasons, exactly. and Community gets six. So I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna have expense, but i want to be a copycat anyway. Since you and I are going to Mars yeah. together, I can get to watch your yeah, Expanse Yeah, no, yeah,
1: you get you get to take my shows as well. Um, so I'm
0: I'm gonna do you a favor and take Fringe. Um, Excellent choice. But-
1: I mean, that was on my list. Yeah. That
0: was on my list. Now, Fringe is, is so excellent. I mean, it's it just does everything right. And, and Among, um, yeah. uniquely amongst television shows, it has a proper ending. You know?
1: Yeah, very unique. Multi-season uh, amongst- proper
0: ending. A monster
1: of the week show that became greater than some mm. of its parts. That's what and I mean
0: was. it's rare for shows with that many seasons to have a proper ending. Often they just peter out or they have a cliffhanger and then they're cancelled and so on. And then it's
1: gone. Yeah. But
0: Fringe just timed it perfectly. I think somewhere something everything just went right. You know, it was that everything just fell into place perfectly and they got to the end of their story arc and it was done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and let's also face it, any TV program that's got Leonard Des Moines in it oh, is, yeah. is bound to be excellent.
0: Yeah, immediately. Yeah, it immediately adds uh, 10% to everything.
1: Yeah, 10% of excellence. Speaking yeah, of Leonard
0: Demoy my other show is going to be some, a show which he is familiar with, obviously. And that yeah. is a Star Trek uh, series, and mine would be Star Trek Deep Space Nine. my favorite of all Star Trek's. I think it just does everything Star Trek's supposed to do. It's campy, it's stupid. But also, I think what makes um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine so special is it it was the, the Star Trek series which happened during the revolution in television. So in the late 90s, you know, that's when television started becoming more cinematic. It's when it started using big plots rather than Monster of the Month stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It started touching on really deep societal themes, it started getting very good acting in it, you know, so there's a real I think we can all agree that somewhere in the late nineties T V changed. And and started the the scaffolding, I guess, which modern television yeah. series which now are you know, now you see people like, you know, mainline actors, you know, the denieros of this world being in television. Correct. Um Correct. that would never have happened if it weren't for shows like Deep Space Nine and others. Where they started legitimately um getting cinematic with, with television. Um and I, I am an unashamed uh, Star Trek fan, probably aim a tricky. Yeah, no shit. I just think Steve Swiss did it well. It it combined the clean, optimistic future of Star Trek, which I like, which is very much like an Ian M. Banks culture derivative. Yeah. Um plus there was some gritty, very societal stuff going on. You know, they addressed sexism, yeah. racism all the isms were, were very well and maturely addressed and yeah. some some of the episodes are truly works of art there are there are singular episodes amongst those seasons um, which are truly standalone examples of sci-fi which you know if you if you had to, to to introduce a youngster to sci-fi you would give them Asimov stories to read you would give them you know Herbert dune to read and you would maybe show them one or two of those episodes of Deep Space Nine because they really are classics in sci-fi.
1: I, I remember the the one thing that I took away from Deep Space Nine which was <clears throat> a criticism that I'd had on um well uh, that probably everyone had about television in the nineties was there wasn't this flow between episodes. You know, like the original Star Trek for example, everything reset at the yeah, end of every episode there's no memory so you, of what happened. There was no memory. Yeah you could you could watch one episode on season one and then one episode of season six, and you wouldn't have to know what happened in between. And Deep Space Nine was one of the first shows that I remember carrying these tensions through multiple mm. episodes. So, you know, someone could be pissed off about something that happened three episodes ago. And that kind of storytelling was was part of that framework you're talking about where television extended past its base, you know? Um, where the frictions between people carried through Yeah, and and that I thought that that, that's something to to a proper religious viewer of the show that really really hits home.
0: It was at the time one of the very few mainstream shows with a large following, which had a primarily female and black cast.
1: Yeah, Um, true. All the major characters
0: were either African American or female or both.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that was very unprecedented. That was that was way before the. You know, the conservative dickheads who now, you know, fucking hate things like Rogue, you know, One and other things which have primarily female leads in it, you know, were around. And they were still probably bad ideas in their parents' pants. Um, yeah, sure. And this this show did it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good choice, dude. I think that's a very, very good choice. It's also infinitely rewatchable. It is. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to see yeah. there. And I mean, what, there was like six, seven seasons?
0: Yeah, about seven. And again, also came to a very satisfying conclusion. It, had a, it, had a, it picked up a big story arc uh, halfway through, and it brought it to a really satisfying conclusion, which was very, very unique as well.
1: I would be happy with you taking that to
0: Mars. Cool. So we've got a couple of good stuff to watch. In fact, the more, the more we talk, I'm, I've just convinced myself or decided that I'm going to be rewatching Fringe very soon.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair cut. That's a fair cop. I think no. I think you. That's something that you could kind of rewatch every two, three years, and walk away with mm. more stuff. You no.
0: know. Let's let's conclude then with a beer, man. I think we've we've yes. we've done a good service to sci-fi television, and I hope that yes. the, the listeners have a few things they need to go watch. I mean, right. maybe maybe we'll end off along with a beer a few of the also rans honorable mentions. I think that would be useful, so we just can pop just sort those of out as time you know, goes ramble them off. I've got a few, which I would like to mention. I would feel sad if I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's pull out another IPA. Okay. This is a Session IPA. It's Session 157.
1: I am very intrigued by this mm. one. It oh. is a beautiful can. Beautiful. Love those colors. Beautiful design. Illustrated hops all over. Those colors, that, that cream and blue is so Beautiful.
0: I guess it's fair to say that we've had a love-hate relationship with session IPAs. I think we yes, we remain a little sceptical of the term. Correct.
1: Correct. Correct, because it's far too simple to call something a session IPA without actually making it an IPA. Mm.
0: And it, it can perhaps be code for that other dreaded disease of beer, which we know as the faux Say it.
1: The faux Bingo. 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 <laughs> mm. We have had some nice session IPAs, mm. And in, uh, for the most part, those session IPAs are the ones that are still IPAs. Yeah. All they do is sl- just dialed back a bit.
0: Agreed. I, I think that, you know, one of the things we've noticed in our reviews is that generally session IPAs don't do well on the show because we, we generally don't enjoy them as much. They are in the lower tier of our rankings. And um, they will remain that way unless they start becoming more like IPAs. I mean, I do think that there's something to be said for staying within some kind of style expectation. And people who know me know that I'm somewhat critical sometimes of that sort of BJCP strict you know, style stray jacket. Um Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's something like being overly strict with style where you kind of nail people because they didn't stay exactly to style and then you're you actually discouraging experimentation and beer.
1: Yeah, um, which, is not, which is not the point of this. No. The point is just to give people what they expect.
0: Yeah, but I think a Session IPA must still be an IPA. So it still must be more bitter, I think, than many other beers. And if it's not really any different from, let's say, like an American
1: pale ale, they'd rather make it an American pale ale. I agree with you completely, dude, and especially seeing as how we feel about IPAs. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to bastardize a lager. Mm. It's another thing to take the hallmark of great beer yeah. and fuck around with it.
0: Agreed and I think that you know if you look at one of the best beers I think also of last year for me was the the Cape Pale Ale by Jack Black that is a very yeah. bitter pale ale and in many it ways is. surpass your typical session IPAs from other breweries in terms of hoppiness but they have the integrity I think to call it what it is, it's an APA it's an American pale ale Yeah, um, it's not an IPA um, but yet many session IPAs or just sort of in insignificance in, her, in her comparison to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about this one. Let's talk yeah. about this session. Having one completely
0: closed of... the door. on <laughs> 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 having, having thrown down several gauntlets.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that you've alienated literally the entire craft brewing landscape. Uh,
0: uh, it, it reminds me of this great movie with Sean Connery called The Hill. Did you ever see The Hill?
1: No, I've no. never
0: heard of that. It's a Sean Connery war movie where he, he gets incarcerated in a, during the Second World War. He's in a sort of military prison, and the warden has built this hill out of sand, which he makes the prisoners climb every day. Um, like like Sisyphus. A little bit like Sisyphus, yeah, and. Uh, Uh, I think we've just created a hill for this poor beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, now this this poor beer has to overcome all of our inbuilt hatred. (laughs) Okay, so scent-wise,
0: aroma-wise, very clean for me, very uh, slight citrusy.
1: Nice, yeah, but a nice musky kind of flavor. There's a dankness to it, there's a skunkiness, quite open. I'm, I'm getting some pineapple. Yeah, I can get some pineapple, yeah.
0: And definitely very pine pine cone again resin, um, scents, which which you associate with IPA. So that's already a good sign. I think this this is a good sign for me that it, it's an IPA territory. That
1: it, that it maintains the qualities yeah. of the IPA. Absolutely.
0: I mean, we did briefly mention the label, and I think we can agree this is a very pretty label. It's a good looking label.
1: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Look, I hope that it, the beer fulfils the promises of the label because there's you know little little pictures of hops all over the place. Yeah. And if this doesn't, if this isn't hops forward, Hmm. then that will kind of defeat the purpose of that. And
0: they're bold enough to also put the varietals of hops they used in. (laughs) Yes, I
1: noticed that. I saw that. So this has got Columbus, Simcoe, and Amarillo.
0: Yeah, so three really really great Simcoe is probably one of my favourite varietals of of hop. It's it's just a wonderful (laughs) flavour. The the nice
1: thing is that's that's a very beer geek thing to put on because your average human being is not going to know what that means.
0: Yeah, but that's all part of the, the thing, isn't it? There's, is craft beer is also supposed to educate consumers. It's supposed to bring people to the point where they start noticing those things and asking for it, um, which raises but, yeah, but everyone's at the same game.
1: time, they, they, they might have said on the can, these are the hops we use, rather yeah. than just three yeah. random names.
0: So let's let's have a sip here and see what we can we can see.
1: Okay. Well, for, well first of all, color is, you know, nice straw color, very clear. Mm, um, yeah. I don't have a lot of head on mine. Yeah, well, also kind of minimal, to nice, head.
0: If anything, I think that's maybe Afro-Caribbean's main issue, if we can call it that, is their beers don't always have very good head. Um, Please can
1: I drink this because this is this Please is sitting, this looks delicious.
0: Mm. So right away, I would say this is an IPA. If you gave this to me and asked me in a blind tasting what style of beer this is, I would say this is an IPA. It's
1: an IPA, yeah. Yeah,
0: 100%, 100%. It's not the most bitter IPA um, I've ever had, but no, it's definitely it's not, an IPA. it's not super
1: hops forward. It's not as crunchy, you mm. know, but all those elements are there. They just kind of pack down. Yeah.
0: I would say this actually, all the session IPAs we have had so far, for me is the most true to to what it's supposed to be. It's, it's a very light IPA in the sense that it doesn't have a lot of malt complexity. Mm. It doesn't have an over overarching bitterness which kind of kicks you in the face what they've done here is do a lot of lay topping they've done a lot of lay topping in terms of, of putting hops in the whirlpool and in to inject
1: bitterness in,
0: well I mean more more the hops flavor really so if you if you add hops in the whirlpool which means that when you cool down the beer um, when you're in the stage of, of chilling the beer so that you can pitch yeast, well, in the first stages of that is to whirlpool the beer, which is you actually create a whirlpool in the kettle. And yeah. depending on the breweries you have, there's different methods of doing that. Sometimes you have rakes. Sometimes you have an actual flow, recirculation whirlpool. Sometimes you have a, a totally separate vessel, which whirlpools it for you. Um, and that, that has two main reasons for doing it. The first is you, you collect all the, the remains of your, your kettle processes, like the remains of the hops and the grains and everything else. Uh, it's called Trub. That's the name. It's called, for it.
1: it's called what? So Trub.
0: So T R U B. You're just making up
1: words now, aren't you? Yeah, so these, aren't, these aren't legitimate words that people actually use,
0: right? Huh? <laughs> so this this is called Trub. It's, it's a Scottish word. It's, it's spelled T R U B. Ah, so Trub. Trub. And. um in the kettle. It's Trub in the kettle. And. and um, <laughs> Torture caber. Um, <laughs> gave it. And and the whirlpool does mostly that, so it helps in clarifying beer, so that all that shit doesn't go into the fermenter. Um, but a, a thing which craft brewers have have discovered is that because the 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 word, which is the other Scottish name for what yeah. you have there, no, that um, that one I've heard before. Yeah. So W I R T. So the the word, it's starting to lose temperature. So for hops, it means that. Hops tends to to extract a lot of bitterness. It's called isomerization. So you isomerize the alpha acids in hops at a certain temperature. And the whirlpool generally drops the temperature below that threshold. So it's below sort of 80 degrees Celsius, um, which means that you stop extracting bitterness from the hop and you only extract flavor.
1: Flavor, yeah, sure.
0: So you can add a whole bunch of hops there and you'll add a lot of hop flavor, which can bring your beer to the IPA territory Without extracting yeah, with, all without the Without the
1: bitterness, yeah,
0: sure. Because wow. the main thing about IPAs for me is not the bitterness necessarily, it's the hop flavor. Bitterness is yeah, an it's, obvious it's, it's byproduct of that. Yeah. The,
1: the, it's a, yeah, the, the, the bitterness is a byproduct of that, of that crunch. Right. So I think. Um, that, but uh, I mean, this, this kind of reminds me of literally exactly what we were talking about in the session IPAs, which was that the expectation mm. is that you've got literally an IPA, but all you've done is dialed it down. So you don't have that tax yeah. in terms of bitterness. You don't have that tax in terms of heaviness on your mm. on your palate. So sort of downcoding th- this, this I feel is very successful in that. Very successful. Instead of changing the complexity, instead of reworking that that flavour, mm. that's all there. All they've done is just taken it down a notch yeah. to make it so that you're not feeling that overwhelming IPA ness. Mm. You know? Agreed. I
0: I quite like this. I think it's it's very successful in that. I think that the the malt is just on point. It's a it's a very simple malt They've got pale malts mm. in here, a touch of something else, maybe. I would guess maybe Look, some uh, Munich or Vienna malts or something like that.
1: From from my perspective, if if we're really looking at it on, on the sense of a session IPA, my issues are more around style than it is around anything else. There's a there's a watery aspect to session IPAs that mm. you know you 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 you're not getting you're not getting the full impact of the uh, – uh, and if that is the point of the style, then great. Then, then like I say, this is a perfect example yeah. of it because it still retains the complexity of mm. the IPA without really pushing everything up to where it would normally be. Absolutely. Um, so, so like I say, if 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 we're looking at it on a style basis, this is a perfect, perfect example. Mm. And I, I enjoy it.
0: Me too. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm seeing it as an IPA at least, which is different from some of the session IPAs we've had. Um, I like the citrusy kind of tropical flavors here. It's a nice dry finish, so you can have a lot of these. Mm. It's a low alcohol, so it's actually very low alcohol. It's 3.5%, it's, um, so it's it's very low.
1: Yeah, that's on the you know, very low end. I, and I like it for what it is. I really, really do. I just mm. don't feel that this is a beer that really introduces anything new to my life. Mm. Um, and a, a, if a session IP is in terms of drinkability... Good, you've 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 nailed it. Well done. Yeah. Look, I, I'm looking at our list, and I do see that the session IPAs do tend to rank badly lower. No. Yeah, they they don't they, don't, they don't do I'll
0: great. I'll tell you this: I would have this before I have the go to IPA by Stone.
1: Yes, for I would. Sure. I would agree with you on that. So I definitely beats.
0: So far, it's uh, I would say it's our highest
1: rated session IPA. Uh, well, look, I, my score for this would be a six point five. Mm. If we're if we're working in increments of 0.5, then this is a six point five to me. It's the best. Session IPA we've had, in in my mind, mm-hmm. but it doesn't come close to being able to be, you know, a proper, full flavored, n- good IPA.
0: I'm giving it a seven. I'm I'm actually going to rate a little higher. Um, I like I like it quite a bit. I um, yeah, I mean I I don't mind the lightness of body necessarily in beers. Um, I'm a bit more tolerant of it maybe than you are. I, you do you do like chewier beers than I do. Um, yeah where i kind of uh, you know my favorite style probably other than the ipa is the saison which is a very light bodied beer
1: yeah um yeah no, i find them watery you know mm, i find yeah, i yeah. find the 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 the, the less full bodied beers don't really satisfy you mm.
0: know i totally get that i mean I, I think that that that's a legitimate um problem with these sort of light bodied beers they can be watered down or they yeah. feel watery um yeah. And I think as long as you've got a lot of flavor in them, it makes up for that. And I, f- I feel like this one does do that.
1: I think partially. Yeah, partially. Not, not too bad. So, so tell me you know, to to finish off the discussion, and especially since we're on this kick, um, we've had lockdown, we've had uh, no beer, we've had all sorts of things. Is do you have any fresh discoveries on the beer front?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, that no, you, for that sure.
1: Would like to relay anything good you've you've experienced.
0: Yeah, I think that that um, other than African caribbean Brewing Company, which have been bringing out a lot of beers in, in this period, I would certainly support them. Um, another brewery which have really been starting to do excellent work is um, Soul Barrel. So Soul Barrel, they are near Franschhoek in the Cape. Um, they are headed up by a brewer who studied at UC Davis in the States, which is the premier. Oh, wow. so-
1: the, the good cred,
0: big time. Yeah, UC Davis is known for producing a lot of good craft brewers. Soul Barrel really does some excellent work. I mean, I, I have to say that. I mean, they don't really bottle a lot of their beer, although they have recently started doing that. Um, but and we should really dedicate almost the entire show to those beers if we can get them, because uh, they really show a sort of a very high standard of of craft and and competency in brewing. Um, also very hoppy beers, but but Soul Barrel's also into kind of sour beers and barrel-aged beers and those oh, sort of that's, things. that's
1: your jam, sour beers, eh? Yeah,
0: and sort of farmyard-style beers and that sort of stuff. Um, but they make a very, very, very nice uh, pale ale, which, again, uh, puts some of the so-called IPAs to shame. Yeah. Uh, so, Sour Barrel is exciting. Try and pick up some of theirs. And Ager Project, also in Nurtuk, they, they make some excellent beers as well. Also, not bottling quite that much, but when you do get some of their beers, it's worth trying out.
1: I got a I got a case of the uh, the Mad Giant New England IPA. Mm. I've been very much enjoying that. Okay. Very very solid IPA. And yeah. Mad Mad Giant's also another very very competent brewery.
0: Mm, very very much so. I, I think they're very good. Um, right, Matt. So we're almost done. We've had a great many beers and a great you know, a great number of uh, great beers today. Yeah, very good beers, yeah. I think we can generally say that that African-Caribbean Afri- Brewing Company is an exciting uh, brewing company which we need to watch in the future. I can't wait for yeah. what's next.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with them. I really, really am.
0: The ethic of, of experimenting with new things really makes me very excited. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, that's the, that's a craft ethic and I think I, I appreciate that.
0: For sure. Before we end off, let's quickly bring yeah. out some of our also-rans for the TV shows. What are some of the ones which uh, which you didn't mention but you think really are well worth watching?
1: That is such a great question. Um, I know I didn't watch the, all of this. I think there were like, I don't know, 20 seasons. Mm. But uh, but Stargate SG-1. Yeah. It's um, Very it That's good show. Very, Unbelievably great show. And I know that also kind of pops up on the the best of lists yeah.
0: also, also a show which didn't take itself too seriously
1: no absolutely there was a there was a pulpy aspect to it you know which and they I,
0: had a few I, comedy episodes as well which I enjoyed
1: yes absolutely um, I really uh, this is going back quite far but I used to love Farscape, mm-hmm. I remember Farscape. I do remember that. Um, that was also relatively seminal for its time you know mm. I think it introduced a lot of concepts that uh, later shows have taken from. Um, I, I, I know that this is kind of a this is a cop out because it's a it's basically become a meme now. But I think Rick and Morty mm. on a on a cyber front actually really mm-hmm. excellent. Um, yeah. Um, what else? What else? That, that's kind of it.
0: I've got a few. I mean, on the time travel series front, which I can't leave, is a show called Travellers. It's Canadian. show. I think uh, recently you on Netflix. Yeah, you've
1: discussed that before.
0: Very nice show. Very well worth watching. A <clears throat> bit more in the drama side of things. I mean, it's pretty, pretty dramatic stuff. Another one I would say is I'm enjoying, I mean, I've actually recently started watching this, is Eureka.
1: Yeah, the, the sheriff in the small yeah, town uh, yeah, it's kind of fun Such uh, a charming charming very, little show
0: very very charming good acting yeah. all around I'm enjoying that I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, how many
1: seasons do they do over there
0: three or four yeah there are quite a few actually I, I think more than that
1: did it go on
0: hmm yeah so Eureka Good. and then I've already, in other shows I've mentioned, Terminator, the Seracrona Chronicles, which I really enjoyed, uh, which yeah. I'll
1: pick up. You're a, you're a sucker for Terminator.
0: I really am. Um, you know, guilty as charged. Sucker for
1: Linda Hamilton.
0: And then, um, you know, the the only other show I would I would really want to mention, which which really for me is a tremendously good show, and that is a Spanish show uh, which you can find on, on Netflix mostly, um, and it, it was done in Spain as a sort of a you know their own locally produced show and then I think Netflix picked it up as part of their sort of make local content kind of stuff happen yeah and it it's it 's called in the spanish it's called el Ministerio del tiempo Ministry of time Ministry of time and um, it's a it 's a fantastic show it, it's got several seasons again very good arc it's got an overarching arc it's got a monster of the week kind of thing going on acting is superb if you enjoy history if you're a bit of a history nerd like i am you would really appreciate it because some of the things happening in that show is very uh, they are very historically accurate they're very well researched Um, they delve into spain's role in world history which was very very you know big indeed it's a time travel show, again, so oddly surprising, and I like it. It Also, it's got fun. You know. It, I think one of the things I'm starting to realize is there's shows which I really enjoy, are the shows which don't always take themselves 100% seriously. Yeah, sure. I'm not talking about comedy. I'm not talking about, like, it doesn't have to be Hitchhikers. No, day. no, no, sure. But shows which occasionally nod to the audience to say, we get it. This is a nerdy, geeky thing, and we're having fun, you know?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's it, folks. That was a good couple of beers.
0: Good couple of beers, good couple of IPAs, so uh, watch out for them on the website, beginnerbrewer.com, and hopefully we will be having a show shortly to follow this one and not to have such a big lag in, in time now that prohibition Speaking apparently talk, is over.
1: Started.
0: Well, they, they're saying that maybe the third wave near Easter might cause another lockdown, so it might very well happen. So if I were you and I'm listening to this before Easter, uh, okay. go and stock up. Okay. No. Okay. Matt, All right. thank you so much for the show. As ever, a great pleasure Absolutely. to be with you.
1: What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Thank you, Marcel.
0: Cool. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, stay geeky and drink beer.
1: Yeah, drink more beer. I thought I lost you, Marcel. I thought I lost you. <laughs> You'll never lose me, (laughs) man.